Hello again, friends and, and neighbors. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. And oh, it happens to be 5 o'clock somewhere. So that means it's time for another rock and rousing edition of To the Turnbuckle. I am Logan Loganity Morris. Next to me is the gentleman, the producer, the man that makes it all happen. He's got the hottest wheels, not only in motorsports, not only here at Score On Air, that we're no longer directly associated with. Thank you. But in all of podcasting, of course, I'm talking about the man who's quiet, humble, but always ready to rumble. Recent graduate of the Sports Emphasis Program, Travis Gnarly Napper. What's up? Ooh, what a rush. I was going to say, I thought we were about to drop it. Ooh, what a <laughs> rush. Oh, you started it, so I had to finish it. Absolutely. What a rush. This next three hours is going to be. Better than any any catheter show that they have on Monday nights. <sighs> That's not a high bar. It's not. It's really not. But we do try to raise the bar because we are the bar. Are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Soon to be we're back. It's the number one podcast in the rest of the world. Oh, don't worry. I'll get that in, too. I will get that in, too. But it's good to be back. Good to be back. It Missed is. a week. We all were kind of busy. Jason was off doing blood and guts things. Hopefully not his own, right? Right along. I could go many, many places with that, but I'm going to move it right along because we had a week off. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be more mature. I'm going to be more mature. That's ridiculous. Give it three no hours. We'll see. see. You more mature, sir. Give it three minutes. Uh, Mr. <clears throat> the man I got to introduce is in the virtual uh, lounge, essentially. Of course, he's one of my favorite ministers I've ever met, believe it or not. Uh, deacon at his church on Sundays, father of the year, gets more pushes than any store shopping cart you can believe, puts the AEW in awesome, and he's put a whole lot of miles on cars this past week. Another brand new graduate of the Sports Emphasis Program, Jason Magdaddy McCarthy. How are you, buddy? Man, I am great. It's good to be back. I mean, I so needed that vacation and yeah, let's go talk about all of this crazy that was this week in pro wrestling. There was good, there was bad, there was eh. There was so in between. We'll, we'll get yeah. to all of it. Yeah, there was in between. I believe we call it ugly. Maybe that uh, could be. Well, luckily, Raw went off the air at eleven last night, so everything's gonna brighten up those guys. Uh, I we shouldn't talk about the flagship show like that, but they should make it a little better. Thanks. Um, so. Uh, there was some big news uh, last week. Daniel Bryan, his contract with the WWE has reportedly expired. Of course, he lost that loser leaves SmackDown match to the Tribal Chief, uh, the great inducer of snoozes, uh, Roman Reigns. And, sorry, just, just say, uh, if he was that great, Paul Hamill wouldn't cut promos for him. But... <clears throat> And before you say, well, you don't get criticized, Lesnar, exactly, it doesn't fit my narrative. And you can get that t-shirt. If you go to Bruce Nation Productions, click on, click on to the turnbuckle. You can get the t-shirt. It doesn't fit your narrative either. So, anywho, Daniel Bryan's contract reportedly expired. And WWE is reportedly pushing hard to sign him. But you have to wonder when, I mean, the American Dragon, the, the leader of the Yes Movement, as a free agent, I'm going to start with you, Napper. You know, what happens? Does he re-sign with WWE? Does he go somewhere else? What What happens as Daniel Bryan closes out at least the full-time portion of his in-ring career? 
I'm going to say that he probably resigns. I I know there's a lot of intrigue with him going elsewhere, and maybe he does for a little while, but I think ultimately the end here resolves in him resigning because I can't I, I just think that is his home to him and I you know I think that he likes it there still there's never really been any reports that he doesn't uh, there's never really been reports that he's unhappy with the way that he was being booked anything like that he's been in championship matches over the last couple of months so I, you know there, there's no bad blood there see what I did there blood huh <laughs> uh <laughs> So I, I don't think that there's really any need for him to go elsewhere unless he just wants to get a couple of those monkeys off his back and wrestle some people. But other than that, I, I can't see that being a long-term thing for him. Either way, it's going to resolve back to him coming back. So I, I think they get it done, but we'll see. It is kind of curious that it hasn't been negotiated up to this point, which makes me wonder what the deal is, but... I think eventually they're going to get it done. Well, as I kick it to McCarthy, do me a favor, check that stream, make sure we're doing all right. I think our audio is good, but I think our video is lagging. I'm not sure, though. So check that out. Mr. McCarthy, what are your thoughts? Daniel Bryan, his contract expired. WWE reportedly pushing hard to resign him. I've seen reports that Vince is confident that he's going to be back, but just needs some uh, time to charge the batteries. What are your thoughts on Daniel Bryan's contract status? What do you see his next move being? As much as I'd love to say he's going to go to New Japan or AEW and wrestle new people, man, he's going to do a part-time contract after he takes his little vacation and finishes his career in WWE. Like, like, no one's ever heard anything of him not being happy there. His wife's there, just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Who knows when they might bring her back. They promote the Bella Twins show that Daniel Bryan is on. There's way too many connections for him to be just up and leave. Will Vince be cool? Like, hey, you know, come back whenever. If you want to wrestle for somebody else, it's fine. As long as we're not under contract, it is Daniel Bryan. He does get seem to get a little more leeway than some guys in the company because he had to go from the complete bottom to make it to the top, and he's a proven commodity. And you know how Vince is with his proven commodities. He gives them a little bit of slack when it comes to what they want to do. Uh, abso- absolutely, uh, he uh, he does give that commodity. Uh, Stephen Alexander Howard says, "Did you guys hear Cornette's reaction to Blood and Guts?" I have yet to, Stephen. What about you guys? Have you guys heard Cornette's reaction? What about you, McCarthy? I know you're. I know you love Jim Cornette. I mean, loathe Jim Cornette. Uh, did you hear his reaction to Blood and Guts? Uh, no, no, I didn't. But I'm sure it went something like. They're killing the business. This was terrible. Blah, 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 blah. Extra That's what he mayo. always says when it comes to AEW. Extra mayo, extra onion, mother... <laughs> oh, that's pretty much how... It, those mother... <laughs> those mother lovers. Thank you, Stephen, for watching. Uh, we appreciate it. Give us a like. Give us a share. Go check out our Facebook page, To The Turnbuckle. Thank you, Stephen. We do appreciate it. How are you even going to clean it? What are you going to do? Uh, McCarthy, we're on the air, buddy. Hi. Uh, something about cleaning. Uh, yeah, but anywho, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Daniel Bryan. I think he's going to be back in WWE because he can be a very lucrative part-timer. 
I think he could even do like the Shawn Michaels final years of his career schedule, maybe from SummerSlam and then take a little break. And there's a lot of big money matches left for Daniel Bryan to have in the WWE, in my opinion. Um, do you check the, check the stream? Everything good? Uh, okay. We should be good. All right. Uh, so just my just my cheap thumb. Cool. No, it it did it did go weird for a little while, but I mean it looks like it's doing pretty good right now. So okay. we should be good. Well, thank you, and we we do apologize. Thanks for riding out with us. We'll see about Daniel Bryan. What happens? I think there's a lot of big money matches to be had uh, with Daniel. Uh, I, frankly, I wouldn't mind one more heel run. Uh, it yeah. w- would be pretty cool. He needs uh, one more. Yeah, you know. Uh, I'd love to, in a dream world, I want to see Shawn Michaels versus Daniel Bryan so bad. Like, if you're going to come out and wrestle the broken-down version of The Undertaker, why not wrestle Daniel Bryan? I don't, I don't get it. Either that or the, the dream, dream match. Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan versus Shawn Michaels. There it is. Tri- <laughs> tri- triple threat Iron Man match. Can head, that can headline WrestleMania <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Shawn Michaels is a Dallas, you know, he's a Texas guy. He's a San Antonio Spurs season ticket holder. Why not? Um, Steven says Daniel is such a great talent. Cannot agree more. Yes, sir. Absolutely. He's a big leaguer. All right. Speaking of blood and guts, do you have any final thoughts on Daniel Bryan? No. We, we will keep you up to date as best we can on the Daniel Bryan comings and goings, depending on wherever he goes, whether that's WWE, whether that's someplace else. Huge pickup. And I promise you, if he goes to AEW, I will buy that shirt. I, I promise that on the air right here. Uh, right here on the air. I did that. I did that. That's public. Um, so. Let's talk about blood and guts, or let me let me put a little Vince McMahon to it, a little blood, blood and guts, pal. Well, if we're going to talk about blood and guts, we have to talk about this. Hiya. Well, Hiya. Yes, we promise to be more exciting than any crash pad landing right here to the turnbuckle. Mr. Mac Daddy McCarthy, you made the long, illustrious trip, drive, uh, blood and guts. What were your thoughts? How was your trip? Give me some overarching thoughts and then then, then get that voice warmed up because we might have a few disagreements. So the, the trip was all right. I mean... Overnight Tuesday was a little rough. I did have to stop and, and take a nap for like 45 minutes at 5 in the morning. And then I kind of stayed busy all day because I couldn't wait to go to Blood and Guts. And I thought it was great. I mean, was it the best match I've ever seen? No, of course not. But it was exactly as bloody and violent and entertaining as I expected it to be, which is why I drove all the way down there. Because I was supposed to go to the first one in Jersey, but, you know, pandemic happened, so that didn't work. But, no, it was totally worth my time. I had a great time. Oopsies. Oopsies. <coughs> we hope you don't copyright strike us, Tony Khan. If, if so, I'm going to start calling you Vince the Third because Vince is Vince Jr. Um don't copyright strike us. He made the trip all the way down there and supporting you faithfully. Let's talk a little controversy. Well, we got we to show it to the foes. Show it to the foes. We got to show them. 
extra mayo, mother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, Steven says, done. Love you guys. We love you too, Steven. We love you too. Thank you for tuning in so much. What do you think of blood and guts? Let us know in the comments. Me and McCarthy might yell at each other. So I want to hear, I want to hear about this McCarthy. Is it true that, that first hour was was like pre-taped and you ended up watching that on the on the big screen? Is is the, confirm or deny those rumor in your window for me? No, totally confirmed. Look, the logistically, had it been in Jersey like it was originally planned, they would have had live shows. The thing is that it's an amphitheater. There's no rafters to lower that cage from, so they had to make some sacrifices to get that match done and completed. So they pre-taped everything the the first hour, which was kind of nice. Like it wasn't like, oh great, I came to watch the screen nice, but it was Tony Khan pumped our cheers for those matches into the live broadcast, so that was kind of cool. He came out before the show started, made sure everyone was aware, and said, you know what? If you don't like it, you have forty five minutes to get a refund. Okay, how'd you feel about it? I, I really didn't mind it. Where I was sitting, like, you might be able to tell from some of the pictures, my view of the screen was a little obstructed. I saw, like, three quarters of it because of their top speakers hanging down. I didn't really care. It is what it is. Those ones right there, off to the right. That mm-hmm. That's, like, my eye view, if you guys can – well, the viewers at home can see it, but – but it didn't really bother me much. I knew what I was getting into when I was going. It was all over the internet for two or three weeks that this was going to basically be a one-match show. And it was fun, man. It's, it's Part of it was, you know, I finally got to see Chris Jericho actually wrestle, so I was hyped for that. Like, like I've said it on this show before and told you guys before. I've seen Chris Jericho hit with the Intercontinental Championship when my dad took me to Raw all those years ago by China. And I saw Kane throw him through a window in a backstage segment. So after all of these years being a massive Jericho-holic, it was awesome to finally see him live. And, you know, they – yeah, they got violent as hell and there was a little bit more bleeding than was anticipated. You could tell because of how much blood there was. But it's – I don't think there was – I got everything I expected from that show. Well – all right, let's let's talk about the match. Uh, <clears throat> well, first of all, N- Napper, did, uh, you know we we weren't at the show. We, we were not at, we were not at the show. We did not make that trek with McCarthy. He wasn't nice enough to even invite us. That you know, I would rode shotgun and, and you would rode the trunk, but yeah, but, uh, but he didn't even think about inviting us. The no good. Thanks. Uh, uh, the the no good <laughs> minister. I got to really talk to his church, um, but you got to lose that. Deacon if so, status. I'm going to start calling you Vince the Third because Vince is Vince Junior. Hello, me. Um, uh, hello, me, beautiful man. Don. Uh, God, he's got a sultry voice. Whoever that fellow is. Um, but what do you what do you think about the first hour being pre taped? If you were at the show, would you have any issue with that, or you know, what are your thoughts? Because that got that got quite a bit of heat controversy online. If it, uh, McCarthy and I kind of had this conversation at work, since it had been explained that it was going, that was what was going to take place. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can't really complain about it. I am a little bit disappointed in AEW for the way that that was put together because, yes, they they cannot, they are 
kind of in a bit of a pinch here because of the fact that they aren't in an amphitheater. They can't hang it above the rafters. I understood all that. But at the same time, they've been planning this out for a year now. And it, it kind of seems like, okay, that was your best solution in a year. You knew you were going to do this show at some point. You understand the ramifications that you cannot hang it from the rafters. What's your be- next best solution? And that was their next best solution to pre-tape the beginning of the show and then have the rest of the show be one long match. And, you know, I get it. They they don't really have that much of a choice, but I still feel like there was something that they could have done that would have been a little bit better than that because I can understand why people are frustrated. Mm-hmm. That does kind of feel like it's a waste of your money. Mm-hmm. Granted, like McCarthy said, the tickets were not that expensive, sure. so it's not as much of a... You know, it's not 200 300 If it was 200 $300, okay, I'm totally on board with all the complaints. But it, was, it wasn't. It was by, by his own uh, admission, it was not that expensive. So it's not that big of a deal to me. But I really wish that they could have found a way to either maybe have the blood and guts match first and then find some way to either get rid of the cage in that, you know, however much time it takes. I don't know how much time it takes to break down that structure. I imagine it takes a little while, but maybe have that match first. I don't know what the actual answer is, but, you know, and or maybe have the rest of the card in blood and guts or have it in that structure. Either way, you probably would have done a better job of not ticking off a bunch of fans compared to having them stare at a screen for an hour. Yeah, that is so. That is a fair point. What say you, Loganites? What say you, Buckleheads? Um, buckleheads. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, what say you? We, oh, buckle you, buds. Bu- buckle buddies. Yes. Like buckle it. buds. What say you? What do you think? Should sh- sh- should there be any reason to be upset and have a little you know gall about it, or is that a was that a big league move by Tony Khan to be honest about it? And hey, if you wanted the 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 money back. I will say is. that 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 in itself was a good move by him. Sure, that's the part where I ha- I, I agree I, with that. I can promise you, Vince McMahon ain't doing that. Right? Yeah, but that that was a good business move on his part to offer, especially in the first forty five minutes. Like that, I'm very pleased with them for to give that option. Yeah. Plus, uh, giving the forty five minutes is such a big league move because maybe you want to think about it for a second. Like, well, do I, you know. How do I really do? I really hate this yeah, this much. Yeah. Am I really that unhappy about it? Like I still yeah. get to see blood and guts. And not, not one of those. You have five minutes to decide if you if you're displeased. <laughs> so let us know in the comments what you think, Buckle Buds, and uh, that might be a T-shirt, by the way. Uh, all right, now let's talk about the actual match. There was tons of blood. There was almost guts. Uh, obviously. WWE's reaction reportedly was they just set the business back 30 years. I don't know if you guys saw that. That was reported by PW Insider. Uh, WWE's uh, reaction to Blood and Guts was they just set the business back 30 years. By the way, some breaking news regarding the WWE. Breaking news. uh, They've announced the return of NXT TakeOver in your house. 
uh, coming in in June. It'll be hosted by former WWE announcer Todd Pettengill. So we'll have some old school nostalgia there. Maybe we can watch uh, Shawn Michaels versus a computer one more time. It's the longest feud of his career. Uh, what do you think, McCarthy? of the reports the WWE thinks that AEW just set the business back 20 years. Now, I'm not making this up. This is reported by PW Insider, pretty respectable source, been doing this a long time. McCarthy, I know you have words on this. Give me some thoughts. Surprise. It's it's not the WWE style to do anything that violent. So, you know, higher-ups in the company are, are going to say that it's their PG company. It's been well documented for over two decades now that that's how they do business. And that's fine. That's how they do it. It's, this isn't a conversation about some of the storylines they could do better. This is their reaction, but you know, you get the, the, the scuttlebutt from the wrestlers themselves and they would love to do something that crazy and that violent. So it, it all depends who you talk to it. Even from the people that were there with me, everyone's going to find something they either didn't like or liked about that match. It's probably as close as what we've had to, like, WWE does a great job pulling off their war games. They do great. But the original thought process of war games was that. A brutal, bloody, violent affair. I enjoy the war games on NXT, the tables crashing, the weapons, and everything else. But the, the violence is toned down, but which we talked about a minute ago, because they're PG. So I'm not surprised, and it doesn't – I could care less. I mean that's their thought, and their executives making a decision based on their company, not somebody else's. You know, I thought he was going to get all fired up and cattywampus and say they, – they want to say that set the business back 30 years? And and here he, he plays diplomat. He plays Switzerland. I mean – you hardly had any objection. That was I am stunned. I mean, befuddled. I could have said, "Well, this is the same company that thought giving birth to a hand was acceptable." There he but is. Blood and guts and violence. There he is. is. Is oh my god! It set the set the wrestling world back thirty years. There, there he is. Uh, I'm, I, I was wondering better? if you were sick. I was like, "Oh my gosh, we gotta. Oh, we'll do a live COVID test right here on the air." Um, so, because it can mess with your mental capacities, folks. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. No. So we, so we will be glad to tell you to go get your shot when somebody pays us to do so. That's fair. Uh, anywho, all right. What do you think of the the crash pad landing for one? Why to Jer- a Chris Jericho, the demo god, lay champion? I just thought I'd throw a bunch of nicknames there. Napper, what do you think of the obvious crash pad landing? He gets thrown off the the structure. I wanted to say sell out of just habit, but it's not technically hell in a cell. <laughs> so what'd you think, Napper, of him getting thrown and obviously landing on a, a big pad of fun? Um, hmm. I didn't have a problem with it until that one specific camera shot. That is my only gripe of that ending is the camera shot. And that's the unfortunate part. We've all been trained how to shoot a camera. We've all been trained about, you know, camera angles and stuff like that since we've been in a high media school. Call us, Tony. Right. (laughs) They made the mistake of shooting it up close. That should never have happened. Look at, and, you know, I've heard a couple of people talk about this and some former, you know, some veteran wrestlers. Um. Look at the WWE, and anytime they've had cell matches, cage matches, 
war games, anywhere where somebody's falling from like a cell, they do the shot from down below up at the people and then they pan out. Not zoom in. You're taking away the believability. It was it was a mistake by their part. You know it happens. But it is unfortunate because But it can't happen during these big moments. No, it can't. It can't. You you have to clean that up. If you are going to try these things and make this a regular thing, that better be cleaned up the next time you try this because if not, people are going to complain about it again because it cannot happen. This is one of those things where it just cannot happen because it it made it look less believable. It was kind of phony anyway because they had that platform that was raised off the ground. Like it, it wasn't believable from it, the beginning. It, it screamed, yeah. There's it screamed be... like, "Oh, gee, I wonder what's going to happen with that thing." Oh my gosh, it's just there. I, I've um, never seen that before. <laughs> we couldn't have. We couldn't have somehow rolled that out. I don't know in between commercials, but. Um, uh, Big Stevie C's watching. Uh, host of Heel and Face podcast right here on Hilton Wrestling. Uh, the match itself was great until the finish. He said, hashtag be a buckle buddy. And then he says, sorry, guys, buckle buddy's already copyrighted. Well. Dang it. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Well, buckle to be determined later. Uh, variation. Don't sue me. Um, what about buckle butts? Because that's a variation. Might be, cl- might be close. Um, buckle butts. That also, um, you know, does that imply we're 420 friendly? I don't know. Just it gets weird. We'll work on that. We're going to have a dinner here soon. Uh, We're going to have a dinner here soon. All right, so I want to give some thoughts on this crash pad landing. If you can't, and and I've said this a lot about WWE in the past six months or so, when they do what I'm about to say with my beloved Nature Boy, if you can't do the physical angle you're looking for, which they do a lot with Flair, don't book the angle. If he can't take the punt kick for real, then don't have him try to take the punt kick. If you can't have him be beat up backstage playing cards, then don't have him be beat up. That's that's pretty simple. And I understand that Jericho's a veteran, 30 years in. I mean, it's it's amazing to think he's been doing this as long as The Undertaker, and he's in so much better shape. It's uh, it's it's incredible. But if, if, if you, out of safety, out of age, out of combination if you can't take said bump let's not book said bump uh just mm. i understand being safe he's a, he, you want to be safe with everybody but certainly a guy at jericho's uh point in his career not that he's some broken down old guy but 30 years is still 30 years and so it just it makes it look low rent as far because uh, there's something and i know it's not safe and i know this sounds glory but this was called blood and guts right as awful as it is that Mick Foley's having as much trouble getting around. He's a legend. Uh, he's a legend because of all the for real bumps he took. Uh, middle-aged and crazy Terry Funk. You know, when he changed his style from the, from, the, from the Japanese, more traditional professional wrestling to the hardcore, you want to talk blood and guts, go watch ECW, pal. And, and he took all those bumps, and he's a legend for it. And, yes, unfortunately, he's in a lot of pain, and, and, and he's paying that incredible price for changing that style and taking all those hardcore bumps. But he's a legend for it. And so I just I wish Jericho would have said, screw it. 
Let's figure out a way to make it as safe as we can. But if I got to take a hard ass bump, I'm gonna take a hard ass bump. I just wish you would have said screw it because it it made it did it cheapened the whole match because the whole match itself was was pretty damn daggum good. You know there wasn't a whole lot I could there was I mean as a guy that loves violence, pardon me. I mean that's called America, uh, but it it was it was a thing where. Look, if you can't take the full-fledged bump, and again, I'm not trying to say don't make something safer, but don't land on a big-ass airbag, you know, uh, just, you know what I mean? It, it just, eh. I, I don't, because I don't even want to poop on it because it was great, and it, it didn't set the business back 30 years. That's a stupid-ass statement. You want to talk stupid, let's watch Monday Night Raw and watch Alexa Bliss suddenly give Shayna Baszler leg issues. Like, that's not even remotely making sense. We don't have the backstory of why she even has those powers. So kiss my ass. It didn't set anything back. You're setting it back. We're all setting it back. No one's doing any worse than the other. But we'll talk about it all later. Can you tell I have thoughts? Uh, it, it just... The damn fall. The damn fall. Shouldn't have been booked if you can't take it for almost real. You know, Shane McMahon does coast to coast, which Shane Guevara did, by the way. I wanted to copyright that real quick. Uh, it just, I don't want, I don't want to poop on it because it was a great match, but the finish, unfortunately, kind of pooped on it. You know what I mean, Mister McCarthy? Tell me why it was the greatest thing you've ever witnessed as far as that fall goes. There was no issues with it. I can only assume that's what you're going to say. Well, I don't have any issues with it because we've been landing on crash pads for a decade. A decade of flying off the hell in a cell, if not longer, Suspension has been done yeah. on a crash pad, just hidden better because they put it under the announce table. Everybody from Shane McMahon to Kevin Owens has taken those crazy bumps on a crash pad. Sure. So I don't the, – the issue is what Travis brought up, the camera angle. The camera angle ruined everything. What also ruined it, because, you know, I was there live. I watched it back today. Why in the holy hell did Excalibur think it was a good idea to call it concrete? That ruined everything. Because you can kind of sit back and accept the crash pad. But when your commentator, who, by all intents and purposes, all three did a great job up to that point, putting the match over and putting the wrestlers over. And then you come out and say, I'm I'm not trying to be a jerk, but something stupid like that, you know damn well it's not concrete. It's a stage for God's sakes. Even if it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and this was WWE – They've never used concrete for a stage in their life. In their life. The only concrete is under everything that the ring sits on and everything else. That was the first mistake they made. Then they chose to show it from up above instead of down under, which they could have done because they had that angle where they showed the little pad up top. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a gray pad right where they were standing so they knew exactly where... Jericho and MJF were supposed to be to do the spot safely. It's not the crash pad for me. It's it's the commentators 
Well, uh, not and to be what, fair, what and I don't, I don't mean to bring up Tony should have corrected him. To be Tony fair, and I don't mean to bring up any controversy. Said, look, that's not concrete, Excalibur. I don't we mean don't to use any... concrete here at AEW. Something, something to correct him to kind of bring you back into the facsimile that was Blood and Guts. I don't want to bring up any controversy, but doesn't Excalibur have a history of saying some stupid things? Probably. Uh, well, probably is a yes. Uh, <laughs> probably is a yes. Uh, that's like asking does Hulk Hogan politic. Um, so, again, wrestling is about the suspension of disbelief. It's just, just... I just and I yes we all know it's phony we all know it's predetermined I'm I'm not I'm you know we're not believing in Santa Claus here. Um, sorry kids if you're watching, um, but damn it let me believe in Santa. Let me believe that that oh man did you see that fall Jericho took? Yeah, obviously of course shame it man in those last several years of those hellacious falls at fifty plus or. Kind of stupid, but it made the fall that Jericho had made the fall that Shane McMahon had at, at WrestleMania this year with Strowman look great, look amazing, because he took it like a man. No <laughs> one takes those off the cage bumps without a crash pad anymore. It was production that was the problem. They didn't hide it well enough. It's not, not the fact that he landed on a crash pad. He's not finished. Let him speak. I'm not finished. Come on now. Relax. Relax. Show us your pay stub. Where do you... Who... You work for Tony Khan, don't you? So... I wish. That would be wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, look. Here's the thing. I, I You're right. They have used crash pads for like at least the last decade. You're not wrong. But I said that. So I said, I'm over here like the acclaimed. Uh, <laughs> by the way, how about them? Uh, I, when they said those two young, I was like, whoa! <laughs> Anywho, hope you guys enjoyed that bushwhackers well. Uh, yeah, I, I, yes, production issue, no doubt about it. We're getting long in the game for production issues. They're having a lot of those. We've talked about that a lot throughout their short history. Just this little minor thing, this little minor thing, this little minor thing. Just, Because they, just when they, they get so close and then they take a step back somehow or another. To really revolutionizing things and really making you go, wow, let's pay attention. Because they're changing the game. And then, poop. All right. So, before we move on, I want to ask this question. What's next for Chris Jericho and Mr. McCarthy? Vacation. Or touring with Fozzie, one or the other. Probably touring with Fozzie more than, more likely than taking a vacation. Well, when does Chris Jericho with a fat suit come back to AEW? Probably September. Because I do believe that was the plan last year. He was going to take a break after Blood and Guts, do extra touring with Fozzie, and then come back in the fall. Come back in the fall. Mr. Napper, what are your thoughts? What's the future hold for the Demo God, Lay Champion, Y2J, the maker of the list, 
you know, when when's the next time we're going to get it? I think that sounds fair. I think he. I think at this point he does deserve a break. I think he deserves a little bit of a vacation. I think McCarthy's probably right. A little trip into the fall. We see him sometime in the middle of the year or towards the end of the year. And into the fall. That's yeah, into there. the fall. Yeah, fall. Because he, he, he fell. Yeah, he, did. he crashed hard into that pad. Yeah. Yeah, when McCarthy takes the better video than the actual production company, that's probably an issue. Just saying. Swing, <laughs> swing and a miss, two-tone. By the way, and this isn't really a shot at AEW. This is just a shot at people that are both companies for not figuring out how to do this better at this point after we've had a couple of war games at this point. Can we please figure out fi- – ah, ha, ha, I can do words, I English. swear. Ah, figure out a way where we don't have to have freaking 20 jump cuts in a flipping minute. Please. I thought for sure, all right, they got a bigger, wider ring. They've got a bigger cage. They're going to do fine because there's somebody inside the cage. We can do this. Nope, jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. Oh, now they're on the roof. Still jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. Come on. And I can't even jump. I know, neither can I. It's just wild. Oh, a few comments to get to. Yes, Stephen, we did just cover Jericho's fall, and it sucked. Um, fall from grace. Big Stevie C says, you guys are too young to remember the Nez T plunge. Google it. Well, later on this evening, about 8.15, sure. I'll give it to Google. Not going to do anything on the air here because you, sir, might be getting us in trouble. Um, so, there, Stephen, we covered it. Thank you for watching. Big Stevie C, as always, thank you for watching. And be sure to tune in to Heel and Face Podcast each and every Sunday right here on Heel Turn Wrestle on Facebook, where he gives you a nice analytical dose, no spin at all. But because, let's be honest here. While we're very, very honest about uh, our individual products, I give a little WWE spin, and I hate to tell you, but McCarthy gives a little AEW spin. He just does. He just does. He just does. Say that one more time, buddy. You're muted. I said, who, me? That's crazy. Yeah, well, look, uh, well, if, <laughs> yes, that is crazy, and I'm nutty as squirrel poop, but let's move it along. Um, let's move it along. So how much... Are you able to analyze your show properly? Because have you gone back and watched it on on the telly? Yeah, I went back and watched the whole thing today. Okay. Um, I I'm kind of on on point with Travis there. Like, of course, I don't know what they're doing when it's live, but yeah, that was really kind of distracting. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, "Ooh, the cameramen are inside. This is going to transfer over great," and it did. Kind of, you get used to it after a while. But it was still one of those, why so many? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Who's going Go to, to that face? Ca- Go to the babyface side of the ring for a minute. Like, Who's going to that Kevin Dunn production school? Problem. I want those classes shut down. Uh, shut down. All right. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston defeated Kenny Omega, uh, McCarthy's other favorite wrestler, and Nakozawa. What'd you think of this, Mr. McCarthy? It was decent. I mean, it was there to basically make Kenny Omega even more cowardly heel than he already was. Um, It didn't light the world on fire. I've seen better from three of the men involved in the match. And the beatdown was nice at the end, but 
not unaccept unexpected. And yet have? that's about that's about it. I mean, my, here's here's my question. Okay, he's got here's, more. As as someone that loves Ric Flair more than anybody in the room right now, not that we all don't love Ric Flair, but you do love Rick, you some Ric Flair. Um, why are we chanting "woo" with overhand chops? That's not like I don't know, but it's Rick a damn Flair. disgrace. It is. I was I was shocked and appalled at the crowd. Doing such yeah, things. Like, he doesn't, what, he doesn't what do, you, do overhand shops. No, it's wax on, wax off. Stop it. We have seen those. Does he deserve every bit of tribute he's ever going to get? Sure. But come on, let's make it. I've never seen him do an overhand in his life. Nope. Or guess what? He can do the kind of chop he does, that knife edge chop. He can do that right now, every day of the week. Because he's done it so Never did he. He never had a variant. We... We can all see him right now doing them on Big E right now, can't we? Can't, at Old School Raw where he tried to do that a few years ago. And guess what? He did it just as well in Big E, no sort of. You want to know why at 70-plus he can do it just as well? He never had a variant. So, yes, I agree. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. I appreciate all tributes. I'm sure he does, too, that egomaniac. I mean, I attribute the overhand more to Big Show than yeah. anybody else. Yeah, like, I'm like, all right, well, Paul White's here. <laughs> And I mean, and and I'll be honest too. By the way, where the hell is Paul White? Think, I don't think Eddie and Moxley should be doing chops in the first place. They're brawlers. Like sometimes it does transfer to TV well when you just hear the thud of their hand, but that's not what the chop is for. Plus, Eddie didn't the even sell is, it. Like, really, yeah, you're well, gonna hook up to a chop? From Kenny Omega. Who has some of the loudest chops next to probably Pac and <laughs> Daniel Bryan right now. Like, don't, do, do not lie to me. I know that flipping hurt, you you like, numbskull. Like, it, it just, so yeah, you're absolutely get the reaction right, no. from the live crowd, and you don't really get that with a thud. They're brawlers. You don't really need to be chopping people. When there's a when there's a knife edge chop, yes, we all it is it should be the eleventh commandment that thou shall will. But when there's a knife <laughs> edge chop, yes, absolutely, no doubt about it. But overhand, no, that doesn't it doesn't apply to, to the nature. It doesn't apply, you know, because if you ask him right now, could you go out and do some knife edge chops? Oh yeah, you want to do an overhand? He'd go hell no. Uh, that's that's how that would work. It probably hurts more too. Yeah, it probably it's 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 not fun for probably either. So unless Paul White is about to pop up. By the way, McCarthy, where the hell's Paul White? When the hell is he gonna wrestle? I have no idea. He just likes to be commentating on AEW Dark at this look, he, point, look, apparently. So all he did was move his big ass from a chair at Legends Night to another big chair at AEW. Great. And he didn't he had to drive across town to do it. I mean, it's what he wanted to do. One chair to the other. Maybe it's warmer. Who knows? Yeah, I think there was a cold piece of steel he was sitting on with Randy that evening back in January. Uh, So it's probably warmer. One of those nice, comfy, big computer chairs sort of things. Somebody ought to get, like, the old Phil Jackson computer. You know, remember Phil Jackson's last year as the head coach of the Lakers? Had that big-ass chair right in the middle of the court. (laughs) Somebody's got to get one of those. Uh... 
All right, so Cody Rhodes defeated QT Marshall, Mr. McCarthy, and even even old Arn Anderson got a little physically involved right here, and you know that made me smile from ear to ear. Uh, by the way, Arn is aged like 45 minutes and 30 years, so just want you to know that as far as his looks go. What'd you think of this match, Cody Rhodes? And boy, was he busted open at the end of this sucker. What'd you I think, think of this, this was the, the best regular match on the card. Like it, it told their story well. It keeps something going because it's far from over at this point. And it was wrestled really well. Those two used a lot of good psychology in their match. It, it Everything made sense. They were trying to one-up each other. And QT Marshall was trying to finally work his way out of the shadow of Cody Rhodes. So I think this was probably the best pure wrestling match on the card. Have to agree with you again. Great to see old. Do- I want them to. Why won't they sell the Arn Anderson American Nightmare jacket on Pro Wrestling Tees? I want it. I want it now. I would buy it. I would break my rule for old Double A for that jacket. I sure. I was like, that sure looks snazzy, and I bet it feels nice too. I want one. So if you're hearing me, Pro Wrestling Tees, whoever owns that company, make one. You'll, you'll get some money from all over Canada here. All right, Mr. Napper, what'd you think of this match? Uh, what'd you think of Cody getting busted open? Uh, wait, give me your thoughts. I liked the match. Oh I didn't understand why we got it now. I, I understand it's been a couple weeks. Blood and guts. The whole feud and everything and blood and guts was touted as a special episode. But you're telling me you didn't want to put this match on a pay-per-view? I feel like that would have got way more eyes. Why not a rematch at Double Up? Because then it's not really that special. Like they, they seemed like they, he already bled in this match. Uh, yeah, they, I, I mean, they basically went to war already once. I got it. I got it. How many members are in the factory? I've lost count. How many? How many members are in the factory, buddy? Help me out. It's like four. All right. Well, then I got it for you right here. Four on two handicap match. There it is. QT Marshall and his boys versus Cody Rhodes and the Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> so like, really who's, who's Cody teaming up with? Half on four. <laughs> Would you not watch the hell out of that? <laughs> well, yeah, but Arn can't do that much. <laughs> First of all, it. All right, I've already came up with an 11th commandment. Here's a 12th. <laughs> Thou shalt not doubt a horseman. All right? They're horsemen. They can do whatever they want. And they can do whatever they feel. Fair? They, we should all be freezing their heads after they pass. That way, in a hundred years, when we figure that whole thing out, the four horsemen ride again. That's how it work. And we can go to a museum like in Futurama and just talk to Ric Flair the entire time. Why the hell wouldn't I? <laughs> 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 Why the hell wouldn't I? Wouldn't would, you talk to Ric Flair for an hour? That would be pretty cool. Oh, next thing, uh, next thing you know, there's all of a sudden a, a beverage in your hand, and I don't even drink. I so, have a question. I got an answer. How did Cody bleed? I don't know. I don't know. I tried to watch it back. I couldn't figure out. It was definitely the hard way. I watched. Yeah, I'm like, I watched under, it like, three times. Okay. How in the hell did he bleed? I did. I went and rewind. All right. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I even tried to do that slow-mo thing. I still can't figure it out sometimes with the remote how to do the slow-mo, but like I tried to slow-mo it even just to figure out at what point he bled because I don't understand how he did it. it. It was a good match. I agree with McCarthy. It was probably the best pure, res- like straight-up wrestling match on the card. 
The other ones were kind of, eh. This was probably the best. I just didn't understand why we're, it seemed like we're rushing this. They have such a story with QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes and the factory and the Nightmare family. Why are we rushing this now? Have the Nightmare family and the factory go at each other to culminate to this big conclusion with these two guys. And that big conclusion includes Arn Anderson getting back in the ring. You're damn right, you smart man, you. <laughs> sure, we'll do that. Why the hell can't we? Charlie Blanchard got back in the ring. Why is this some egregious topic when Charlie Blanchard just wrestled six weeks ago? McCarthy. McCarthy, do you have an answer for him? Because I don't. Because all of a sudden, Napper acts like Arn Anderson has passed the age where he can wrestle when Tully just got back in there. It's not about age. Stop it's it. It's about what shape your inner organs are. What's wrong with his inner organs? Are you a doctor? I know you're I a minister. Know. Are you I'm a doctor? Are you his clergyman at the appointments? Maybe. If so, how do I not have an autograph 8x10 by now, you son of a... <laughs> He does, because I'm a professional. I don't ask for First of all, professionalism is overrated. We're not going to be one of those stuffed suits, damn it. All right, professionalism calls for a lot of things. But if you're working with a horseman, you get you get your buddy Logan an 8x10 if you ever want a Christmas card from me, pal. Wow. <laughs> all right. Yay, blackmail. <laughs> Yes, I'll, I'll put a gift card in the Christmas card if that's the way it's got to be. Season of giving right there. Season of giving. We ain't even got to summertime. We're already talking Christmas. All right. Britt Baker, DMD, of course. Uh, defeated Julia Hart. Uh, Britt Baker, like, why was this match even necessary? She's in a little contender already. Filler match. It's Bill's and Time. Yay! Bill's and Time. Jake Roberts and Lance Archer on the screen. We put the women on TV. No one can complain because we put them on TV, even though we didn't really care about this match at all. Woo-hoo! Wrestling. Mr. McCarthy, any thoughts? Well, spin, spin, spin. Well, that was, that was just there, and I think they should have had someone else wrestling Britt Baker. I mean, yes, hooray for Julia Hart making her first appearance on Dynamite. She'd been on Dark. But at the end of the day, if you if you guys were noticed during Blood and Guts, they started stalling. You could tell live that they were stalling. Everything happened a lot faster than they expected. They so they could have put Britt Baker in there with someone that stood a chance of lasting five to ten minutes or had Julia Hart wrestle somebody else. Their yeah, timing was I, off. I just I thought, man, this is there's some valuable guys that could be on TV, and we're not like where was Lance Archer, you know, you know Jake Roberts is still around. I'm not trying to just have it be the Legend Show. Well, I mean, I'd be okay with that, but it just felt like this is too big a show to have filler. You know what I mean? This is too big an episode to have absolute throw it in there, whatever. You know what I mean? All right, SCU defeated Jurassic Express and the Varsity Blondes and the Acclaimed. The Acclaimed should win every match they're in. The Acclaimed should be the top tag team in this world. Uh, I can't tell you how much I love the Acclaimed. Matter of fact, I'm officially filing to be the president of the first ever Acclaimed fan club. 
because they are fantastic in every single way. And most importantly, they're fantastic in the way that matters. They have personality. Sorry, Lance Storm. Um, so, Mr. McCarthy, do you love the acclaimed as much as I do? I think if you're a wrestling fan and you don't, you're probably like 12. He said, you still really like the good guys, like, because they're amazing. And, like, said the reactions they young. get, like, mm. now I can finally say I personally can attest to the reactions they got. Because even though it was pre-taped, the crowd went nuts for that rhyme of theirs. Yeah, that particular rhyme. The crowd went off, dude. It was so funny. Everybody's laughing at the same time. Everybody's cheering what he says. Everybody's going, oh, like. It was all we were almost there. We were it was like we were actually there. We were reacting that well to that segment. Uh those two young young folks. Can't can't say the actual line here on the air. Uh I could if we weren't associated with school on air, but we are associated so loosely, very, very loosely. But Mr. Napper, what are your thoughts on, on that lovely, uh lovely Introduction by the acclaimed. What did you think of the match? Yeah, I, I, I popped pretty hard for that one. That, <laughs> was, that, was, that was pretty good. I, I about flipped out of my chair like Vince. There, I was, whoa. There, there's some of them that they do, and I'm just like, all right, that one was all right. But that there are a lot that they do that uh, they get me good, and that one was definitely one of them. They got me good on that one. I was like Vince with Trish Stratus. I was, whoa. I thought this match was very good. I would say this was probably the second best match of the night um, from a just pure wrestling standpoint. Um, obviously, Blood and Guts is kind of in a category all its own, but I thought this was a pretty good match. SCU getting the win didn't really shock me. Um, it does seem like they're kind of building towards either, you know, they're building towards that SCU moment of them probably breaking up because of the... They made that stipulation that if they lose another match, they're going to break up. So eventually, we're we seem like we're getting to that. Looks like it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, and it's just nice because we're seeing Jurassic Express get some exp- or get some TV time. Varsity Blondes getting some TV time, which I'm very pleased to see because I think they're a really good tag team, and I really want to see more of them. Uh, and obviously, the acclaimed because the acclaimed are very very entertaining. And hopefully they they are on the fast track to a uh, potential championship opportunities in the very near future because they absolutely deserve it just for the entertainment factor alone. Like you said, they're they're entertaining. They have charisma. They have personality. That's the one thing most people who love wrestling look for in a tag team, in a superstar, whatever, in a wrestler. If you got charisma and you got personality, you're doing something right, and they're doing something right, and they're very fun to watch in the ring as well. So it does not hurt at all. They've got to they've got to be the one that takes the titles from those two young bucks. That's for sure. I would agree with that. I think that would be a good idea. Either that or Jurassic Express. I think it has to be one no, of them too. Jurassic. No, no, I know what you mean. No. I I agree, but I'm saying if it's not the acclaimed, it better be the Jurassic Express because we've seen them be in the spotlight for so long and not even really sniff a tag team championship opportunity, if you're not going to put it on the acclaim to are pretty much your hot rising star right now, you better put it on the team that has been there for the long, one of the longest tenures in your company that has really not even gotten a true opportunity. Uh, let me let me promise you, I mean, the acclaim is doing the Doctor of Thugonomics better than John Cena ever did. 
And that's saying something. That's saying something when you're when you're beating Big Match John. Uh, God, can you imagine John Cena and the acclaimed? In a non-PG environment to boot? Oh, my goodness. That, you know what? He ought to do it. Turn heel, John. Leave that no-good Stanford behind. Head on down to Tony Conville, and let's see a non-PG Dr. Thugonomics. Outsiders style. One more time. You know what? Sternicker's right. The Fiend should have just sent his ass packing right to the competitor. Alrighty, um, let's let's move it along to the final thing we'll talk about with AEW Dynamite this week. Kenny Omega confronted Orange Cassidy. Uh, they pretty much gave away the result of next week, in my opinion. Why have the segment if not? Um, Mr. McCarthy, uh, Orange Cassidy's going to face uh, Bing, Bomb, Pack, Pock, whatever his damn name is, in the words of Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Uh, tomorrow night, and the winner is going to face uh, Kenny Omega, AEW World Champion, Impact World Champion, AAA World Champion, probably the World Champion of your favorite indie promotion too, Kenny Omega, double or nothing. Uh, they had the big segment of the Winch Cassidy here with, we took his glasses because we're cool. I didn't like it, not because it was a bad segment, because but it was like, well, you just gave away the result of next week, didn't you? McCarthy, what are your thoughts? Potential of both matches, but I mean, obviously, after that interaction, Orange Cassidy's going to win. Which, if you take that interaction out, really, honestly, makes more sense. You want to save Kenny Omega and Pac three for something. Not that double or nothing's not huge. But there's got to be more to it than just the title between what? those two. What? Revolution? They need what? an extra stipulation. What? They need a best two out of three falls or something like that. It's going to be Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega at double or nothing. Guaranteed. This guy's got more belts than your favorite kink person. And what we need something more. Uh, He's got the AEW World Championship. You only have like four pay-per-views a year. This isn't WWE. I don't look. I I, I hear you. I know that they they face each other, and you want to add something. Then you can just I don't know add something because let's be frank about it. As much as I'm not a Kenny Omega stan, as the young kids say these days, who the hell doesn't want to watch that? Who the hell doesn't want to see that? That. Shut up and take my money. Put him in a steel cage. Put him in a last man standing. Just don't put him in a big-ass mimosa butt, uh, cup and we'll be fine. Other than that, I, like, I hear your point and it makes sense, but I'm like, he's got all the world titles in the world making it all or nothing. I don't know. Let's promote impact of the company that you're putting over a barrel and doing inappropriate things to. Um, that's as PG as I can put that. Yeah, speaking of that. What did we feel about uh, Nakazawa holding pretty much all the titles instead of Kenny Omega? Should Impact Who be a little cares? bit ticked off? They, well, of course they should be, but they're they're allowing themselves to to be. <laughs> I gotta. They're allowing themselves to be taken very much advantage of. By AEW, Kenny Omega. I'm pretty sure you've already said that they've prostituted themselves out. Sure, prostituted is fine. I can say that. Uh, I was, well, that's I, true. I, I, oh, I'm ready to go further. 
I'm ready to go further. Yes, they've absolutely prostituted their entire promotion out to them because they're so desperate for any semblance of relevancy. No, it's a, it's a, it's a crap. It's absolute crap. The next uh, pay-per-view special for Impact is Under Siege. And yes, Kenny Omega is going to work that. He is. But instead of the obvious rematch with Rich Swan, because every time, you know, except in WWE, whenever it fits their liking, every champion is entitled to that rematch clause. Instead of that, they're going to do a six man tag because who the hell's booking this? Like, why not? Why not make it a double? Why not make it AEW world champion? Impact World Champ, both titles on the line against Pac. Or or is Impact not good enough like we already know? Yes, they're absolute they absolutely should be pissed off. They don't have any self-respect. They're the abusive woman getting beat down, and they'll be on Dr. Phil next week. Do you have thoughts, McCarthy? And Nakazawa is holding the championship. Yeah, that's the enabler I mean, in the side. You know, you know how it is. Yeah, hardly the first manager type character to hold championships for someone He's else. Already got a so I'm kind of sure Dallas. it's getting blown out of proportion. Well, first the off, he's not his manager. Had that many championships at once is Lance Storm. So if we're going by that, then yeah, Kenny Omega should have been holding all of them. But Lance Storm never had anybody behind his back to carry him for. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it is ever as a big deal when a manager carries titles for something. But he's not the manager. Don Callis is. Eh, semantics. <laughs> <laughs> so you are the payroll? Or <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking the story. It's official. He is. Look, it, it, say what you want, but again... <laughs> Where in the world, and again, this is on impact for allowing themselves, uh, th- this is for for them to be the abused in this relationship, it, they've allowed it, no doubt. I'm I'm not going to fault, you know, that's not AEW's fault. They can't help it that for some reason Scott Demore has apparently gone blind. Um, and I love Scott Demore. I, I think he's so smart and so talented, but for some reason he's like, oh yeah, we'll, sure, we'll, we'll take whatever you can give us. Please, sir, may I have another? I have more respect for your whole roster than that. It's a damn shame. So it's not AEW's fault. It's not Kenny Omega's fault. It's Scott Demore's fault, Tommy Dreamer's fault, whoever said, yeah, yeah, make us look second rate. But again, what the smart thing to do would have been an obvious rematch. Kenny Omega can even win. But why the hell can't we have a rematch at AEW's big pay-per-view double or nothing, Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega, and I don't know, an Iron Man match or something? Still not seeing any Impact stars on that show besides What's the Good Brothers. And like I said, no, uh, McCarthy, it's not your favorite company's fault. Hey, they, hey, if you're gonna, well, if you're gonna let us, why not? You know, it's the same people that go, well, so-and-so signed a $250 million contract to play ball for the next 10 years. Well, wouldn't you take the money if they offered it to you? Sure. But it's... uh, We'll see what the payoff is, but so far, one month in, there is no payoff. There's just, watch me hold this belt. It's, it's... Doesn't it make my eyes look so pretty? It's... 
It's Brock. It's Brock Lesnar, but instead of Brock Lesnar being not being there to remind you he's not defending the title, Brock Lesnar at least has the decency to go back to Saskatchewan to not defend the title. Oh God, I, I just I, I don't say what you want about Kenny Omega. He's extremely talented, arguably the best in the world. But I I don't understand how any wrestling fan so far can justify all of this. Is there a big payoff coming? God, I hope so. But right now, there's no way that they're not looking for breadcrumbs while Kenny Omega sits there and eats a good old steak. So it's they're the you ever seen the Family Guy skit where the fat you know there's some fat guy that eats all the family's food and you can have what he's done. That's how it works. So that's that. Oh yeah, what actor were they making fun of? Son of a biscuit, because that's funny. Yeah. Was it John Goodman? Was he on Roseanne? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He, yes. He's he's yeah. He plays Dan Connor. He's now on the you know, he's he's iconic. Yeah. But that's that's that skit right there. Is is what is going on with Impact? And not AEW's fault, but I don't. There there better be a good payoff, or else I question everything I thought I knew about Scott Demore. We'll see. So AEW returns to touring in July. Uh, Mr. Napper, what are your thoughts? They're the first. They're going to be the first promotion, unless Vince goes. Nope, can't have that. Oh, he's going to. Reportedly uh, today, that uh, so far it still looks like it's going to be August for WWE. So it looks I would like... be very surprised because there was that whole report out that they were trying to jump ahead of AEW anytime they were even remotely sniffing the idea of going touring. I would be very surprised if he doesn't try to jump the gun on this. Now, they did say in that report that, you know, WWE is still trying to do this very safely. They're not trying to, you know, ah! even, though, even though they're more, <laughs> morally. Uh, uh. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I would not be surprised if we don't hear in the next probably, what, month that. WWE is not trying to find their way out of the lovely state of Florida. You know, a year ago at this time when we were when the when the sky was falling, we had nothing under control. Wasn't Ric Flair still on TV pretty damn regularly? Pretty much. <laughs> Safely my ass. <laughs> Safely my ass. Ric Flair with the heart condition nearly died in a coma. Yeah. Why? Yep. Why so loud? Yep. Yep. All right. It'll be fine. What's the worst thing that happened? I mean, we've had COVID outbreaks every single week. What's the worst that could happen? He's kicked out of everything. He's Superman, pal. He's Rick Flair. Hell, he survived a coma. I mean, he probably is not afraid to die at this point. Well, that or he doesn't think he can. <laughs> that too. I mean... I'm sure he's drank enough at some point to feel that, too. Oh, he could lift any ship off the ground. With the kind of with the kind of spilt liquor he has been putting down for a long, long time. But long live the nature boy. Woo! All right. Mr. McCarthy, as you sit back down in your beautiful chair, uh, maybe one of those Paul White specials, um, 
<laughs> what do you think of AEW looking like they're going to be the first to go back touring in July? They're going deep in the heart of Texas. Works out well. Nobody gets sick, so we can get this show on the road for both companies. Vince might try to jump ahead of them. There should be openings as far as like no one performing the nights that he wants to go. So if he really wants to, he could. But to me, I don't think it matters who's first. Let's just every whoever gets out there out of their little home base first, let's just be safe and do it properly and professionally so that we can keep doing this and we all have the chance to see pro wrestling live again because it's great. Yes, it is. No matter what product you support, uh, there's nothing like seeing pro wrestling live. That includes even the independents. There's just nothing like watching pro wrestling live. It's incredible. Uh, go out and support your local indie promotion uh, of your choosing. You should. Go support the WWE when they come to town if you wish. Go support AEW when they come to town if you wish. Ring of Honor, MLW, because live pro wrestling is, is so special. Um. All right. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a, a little breather, just a second. We're gonna. You got that merch for me? You got that? You got that plug for me, buddy? Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna take just a little, just a just a second, and we're gonna let McCarthy tell you about some of the fine, fine merch that we offer. Take it away, McCarthy. Not for real. It's a video. Oh, hey there, Bruiser Nation. Raise those anchors and get ready to wear the official merch of Bruiser Nation Productions. Visit BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com and show the world your love of the Bruiser Nation as you go about your day in style. We have Bruise Cruise Podcast and to the turnbuckle tees, hoodies, jackets, shoes, bags, and even pillows. You heard that right. Pillows. That's BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com. Once again, BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com. And remember, Bruiser Nation, stay good, because I'm always good. gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Bruiser Nation Productions proudly brings to you its NASCAR podcast of the world! 
with Loganity, Logan Morris, the King of the Hill, Ryan Hill, and the hottest wheels in podcasting, Travis Napper, the Red Flag Podcast. That's right. Be sure to check out some merch. Uh, be sure to check out the Red Flag Podcast each and every Monday, 5 to 6 on Square and Air Network. We talk all things NASCAR, wrestling fans and NASCAR fans. Not all the time, not to stereotype, but a lot of them are one and the same. There's quite a few wrestling slash NASCAR fans. Uh, there's going to be a wrestling show at Shady Bowl Speedway this summer. Uh, I'm going to go probably check that out. because you We both to- love throwbacks. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, we we both love throwbacks when they actually are throwbacks. Let's talk throwbacks SmackDown edition or lack thereof. Just another edition of SmackDown with throwback logos. Who and Teddy Long? Throwback logos and Teddy Long. And oh, Michael Cole broke out his denim. Good. I'm so pissed. And Pat McAfee did his best. You're fired. Like, I'm so pissed. Legends Night <laughs> is still the top rated roll of the year. Yeah. And I know that we can we can we can disagree all day long on whether we should use Legends or not. But don't call it a throw because unlike NASCAR, unlike every other sport, when you have a throwback thing, you know, Richard Petty, he could, but he probably should not. Get in and drive the car. Guess what? You can still have Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair on your TV, or I don't know, the face of SmackDown for so long, The Undertaker. Or maybe Dwayne could at least film a vignette for me. Or John Cena, who was True. is slated to be on Monday Night Raw next week? Or no, that the, that was the week a, after? That was false. That was false? That was false, buddy. Oh. That's that fake news. That was, uh, that's why... I. I wondered why I didn't see him. Well, you know, he did. Uh, he did post an interesting graphic on his uh, on his Instagram that got a lot of people talking. Yeah, he you know, posted he, a selfie with him in the sign of WWE. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see if he, he uh, makes his <laughs> illustrious return sometime or not. Ah. Uh, uh, but but no, he won't be on. Ah, boo. But still, he could have been on SmackDown. Like, what the they hell? did announce today that he's going to uh, produce and and uh, narrate a brand new uh, series of something for Peacock and WWE. Uh, it's called WWE Evil. It's looking at some of the greatest heels. Yeah, uh-huh. and he's uh, gonna, which he was not. So, but, but he's going to host and produce that sucker for WWE and Peacock. Um, the the guy that put sugar coating baby face like what what yeah like, like you could have picked the the face of the sugar coated baby faces gonna talk about heels we're gonna talk about evil okay not not the devil's favorite demon not, not the dead man not, like not, you couldn't have got Hollywood you couldn't like hell I would take Flair like you just Randy Orton, yeah, just Triple the Fiend, Ray Wyatt. Yeah, no, we're gonna pick. But but John. Uh, yeah, cool. We're, we're gonna go with John. We'll, we'll take. We will. Do you think we see John Cena's return to WWE anytime soon? I don't think we see anything with John Cena. Ever. Ever. 
you know, yeah, he, I think he, we'll see it eventually. He, he, uh, do you think we see him in the near future, say SummerSlam? No. Because he's done filming uh, Peacemaker in June, so he'll be out of Vancouver. I think there. Do, do you think I'll he, give it a fifteen percent chance? Do you think he feels because he did? He posted that interesting image on on his gram, which everyone knows his gram is up for interpretation. He makes that very clear. It's up for anything he posts on the gram. He makes very clear is up for interpretation. On Twitter, he's essentially a motivational speaker. On Instagram, he's uh, he's up for interpretation. The one of few um, on Twitter. So. Mr. McCarthy, you saw that interesting graphic. I know we're supposed to talk throwback SmackDown. We certainly will. Because they aren't missing much. Yeah, because he uh, he will be out of Vancouver once they film recipes maker and it wraps sometime next month. Do you think we see John Cena anytime in the near future? Say SummerSlam when it's supposed to be the next big fan event. I don't think so. I mean, I guess it depends when Peacemaker is supposed to come out. Because, yeah, he's done filming. But now he's got the promo tour to do. That's a big part that people forget about actors know, in these movies. They're also required to do the promo tours all over the country, which, you know, John Cena's never minded doing a promo tour for anything. So that's not going to bother him at all. But it, it just depends when that starts. It's going to be a challenge to do both. Like I, got, I, I have news for, for John Boy here. I, unless he wants me to start calling him an, a sellout SLB like I do Dwayne, he needs to figure it out fast. You know, at least pop in, say hi for an episode. Because it's frustrating me, John. I'm getting real pissed off. I'm getting real pissed off here. It's time for your ass to head back home. You did seem very upset when I brought it up. Well, because it's frustrating, damn it. This guy understood for so long and still seems to. That, you know, WWE overall comes first. Can it in terms of professional life now? No, he's he's wrapped up uh, in Hollywood. But he always has found time to, here and there, hello, how are you? Where I've always said that the moment that he gets like The Rock and Batista before he came back and wrapped it up, then I, I then I'll get real pissed off about that. Which I'm not asking to be there every week. I get it. You move on to other things. You're getting older. I respect that, and I respect that with The Rock. My problem is if you can't find time once or twice a year, or, or you know, I know COVID complicated things, but the moment you can have time and you don't take that time to come in and you know help pop a rating for Raw, or as Lord knows they need it, or SmackDown, or help you know put this guy over, you know then I start to get really frustrated at that because you said you wouldn't. You said you wouldn't forget about us. And even if you haven't, if you're not there to do it, if the deadbeat father remembers his child every day but doesn't do anything for his child, you're still a deadbeat. So, <laughs> so go take care of your child, John. Get your ass to Florida. Wow. Get your ass to Florida, John. Never thought I'd hear John Cena be lumped in with deadbeat dads. I'm going to give him till next WrestleMania. I agree. Next WrestleMania. I'm going to give him until Dallas. If I do not see him by Dallas, Texas, WrestleMania 38, John Cena is getting one hell of a promo from me that that Monday. Because we know he's going to show up at the Hollywood one. 
Sure. I mean, it's his backyard at this point. But but you can't go all Hollywood like Dwayne when you said you wouldn't go all Hollywood like Dwayne. Yeah. And I know he says, well, I you know I, I now realize how hard it is to balance. Well, do me a favor and try. It's tough for me to balance, too. I got cerebral palsy. I give it an effort every day. <laughs> so, do me a favor and try. I'm not asking you to be around forever. I get it. You're moving on. You're doing other things. Hell, I think they should give him a shot at hosting Jeopardy. But balance means trying, John. And I understand you're stuck in <laughs> Vancouver until next month. I got you. But after next month, I'll give you July. You need a breather. But come August 22nd, the reported date of SummerSlam, I'm going to need to see you, I don't know, don a green shirt and some jorts and do your damn job. Why can't he be the host of SummerSlam if he can't get physical? I don't know. I'm still laughing about the balance thing. (laughs) Because he's trying to balance it. Well, try harder. Yeah, from two handicapped guys, try harder. <laughs> trying, try, he's doing them trying to balance it. I now realize is it really his job it is to, to balance those two to things. Put them over at this point. What'd you say? What'd you say, McCarthy? Is it his job to put them over at this point? Yes, Are they yes, it is because right he said he would. Yes, it is. If if you tell McCarthy Jr. that you're going to do something, you're going to take him to. I don't know what what's the kid like. Who is his favorite? I don't know. What what does he enjoy? Marvel movies. All right. So if you're going to take him to the next Marvel movie, the next Civil War movie, because Lord knows we ain't made enough of those, then and you don't take him to the, eventually at some point while it's in the theater to see that movie, then guess what you did? You told a fib, McCarthy. And he said, and he he and I'm again. I'm going to give him until next WrestleMania. But John Cena said, you can always call me a WWE superstar. WWE will always be my home. I'm not ever leaving. Well, John, if I have to go seven years without seeing your ass, you might as well left. It, it It's a standard that he set himself up to. And if he doesn't say those things, I don't get upset about it. That's why I defend Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar ain't never told me no lies. He doesn't give a damn, and he tells you that. But John Cena said he cares. John Cena has proven he cares. Well, Daddy, come home. It's getting lonely. And those ratings are sinking. I've incited two Loganity rants today. I feel so proud of myself. Hey, two. Well, we had a week off, and so I'm all bound up like a big mouse. You know, we had a week off. This is, this is fun. So that that's great. Hopefully we see John Cena soon or else I will I promise you on the Tuesday after WrestleMania next year, I will give you something you ain't never seen before. Okay. Yep. Promise. Okay. So I'm gonna give you to Dallas, John. To throw it on back home. Now, now should we throw it back to what we probably yeah. should have yeah, thrown it back to? Probably. To throw it back? Probably. But, <laughs> well, look, there's not a lot to talk about here. But, you know, who did find a way to come back home? Jimmy Uso. Woohoo! We threw it back to the other Uso showing up. Yay. Um, and we all stood there and had our heads down and did not go back to the throwback. Mm-hmm. We didn't go back to our roots, shall I say. I have to give credit, though. Paul Heyman doing the 10-bell salute. <laughs> that was pretty good. was just great Dang. for 
for Daniel Bryan. And, and at first, I when I first saw it, when he first said it, I was like, no, it's a it's a sacred thing. So did I. Yeah. I was like, there's no when as soon as he said, you know, timekeeper, we don't need yeah. you. I was like, oh, thank goodness, thank you. Yeah, because I was like, please don't do this. You're yeah. you're gonna piss off a lot of people. I was like, it's. I was like, I can't believe that I'd be stunned at Paul Heyman going too far. It would have been a great heel move to do, but at the same time, yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. I'm like that's too far. I, Cringy. Like it's as a as, as an ECW lover, I like I very rarely have ever thought Paul no. But when he first said it, I went, Paul, no, we can't. And then as it turns out, he's just going to do it himself. Ding. You know. And so I was like, all right, this is perfect. Thank you, Paul. I thought, oh, God, he's reached a new low. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Roman and Jay. They had to stand there the entire time. And you could see Roman trying so hard not to just lose it. Like, obviously, he smiled some for... (laughs) This is hysterical, but you can just see both of them going, this is so stupid, it's funny. Uh, Paul Heyman strikes again. He is a master. But what do you think of, what do you think of, of, of Jimmy being back? Uh, turns out he ain't nobody's... <clears throat> Female dog. Yeah. And, he, and he's not, he would not quit um, no matter what. What do you, what do you think of Jimmy Uso about? Oh, I think it's great. Um, I, 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 this is going to be mean to say, but I kind of feel like he's the better Uso. He's better on the mic. I, you know, they're both pretty equal in the ring, but as far as mic skills and personality, I prefer Jimmy. So it, it was really nice to see him back in the ring. I think he cuts a more fluid promo than Jay does. Not that Jay didn't get better in the time that he's been having to spend by himself. But to me, Jimmy's just way better at showing that emotion, getting amped up and, you know, showing that personality than Jay is. Jay seems like he's a little bit more timid. He's a little bit more quiet. Obviously, now that's kind of the gimmick now with Roman. But I've always enjoyed Jimmy. I thought he was – I've always thought he's been very good on the mic and everything like that, and I love promos. So that that's always been a big plus for me. Um, but, I, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting how they go about this because – We've already kind of seen this once. Really going to spend a couple weeks going through this again. It works if Jimmy doesn't ultimately submit to Roman and become part of the whatever we're calling this group. I think they're going with the bloodline like they did the last time. So, like, it works if it does, like if there is one that finally... But if he's making everybody just kind of submit to him at the end of the day and just join the group, you know, where are we going? Uh, speaking of of John Cena, and no, this isn't to go on another rant. Dave Meltzer's reporting that that that, uh, that they see three big matches for uh, Roman being WWE uh, that they'd like to get done at some point with this version of Roman. Uh, one being Brock Lesnar, of course, and uh, the other being The Rock, of course. And the other being one, John Cena, of course. I think they had to do John Cena because of that promo. What was it? Backlash or uh, No Mercy, where he yeah, tell you yeah. know it's a promo kid. You better learn to cut yeah. one if you like. Yeah. I'm here because you can't do your job. Yeah, I, they have to. Yeah, they have to continue. Of a hard time they have to continue that storyline because especially with this whole acknowledge me thing, it fits perfectly into that storyline. Plus, I think yeah, and it fits to him being the head of the table because yes, we know the head of the table can be. 
meaning the, the Samoan family with The Rock and everybody. But it also could be the head of the WWE table. And who has been, who at least for a long time, for 15 years, was the head of that table? Of course, it was John Cena. So you can tell such a great story. And yes, I know that Roman got the W over John, but maybe he can be more. I'm trying to, to make sure that this guy never comes from my table ever again. Where it, where when they first faced each other and he beat him, it was they walked out respecting each other. Mm-hmm. Well, now forget about respect. You can't even be bothered to be here anymore. You know that do that whole storyline. Well, you could make the argument like you know we walked out of that match even though mm-hmm. I had my hand held high. They were still talking about you. Mm-hmm. They still talk about you. You're still seen as the face of this company. It's time to acknowledge me as the head of the table. Yeah, like Roman Roman and Paul can make that work. SummerSlam. Let's. You hear me, John boy? Do you hear me? Uh, So, McCarthy, what do you think of those rumors of those big three matches? And what do you think of Jimmy Uso being back? I think uh, Jimmy Uso will make a great addition. I don't know if they're going to do the whole submission angle again. As far as like they did with Jay and Mike, I'd like to see a little bit more subtle mind games from Roman to get Jimmy on his side, aside from beating the hell out of him to make him be on his side. I'd like to see some mind games out of him because I don't want to see another a re, a basically redo with the twin brother. I do think he needs to be in the bloodline and become tag team champions with his brother in this little faction that they have because that would take them even bigger than they are on SmackDown right now. But it's WrestleMania Backlash season, pal. We're just redoing everything. Yeah. No, but I don't want to see redos all the time. Me neither. Me neither, Vinny, 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 Mac. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This throwback of it. Tease me. Tease me, you horse. Just throwback edition, my ass. At least they NASCAR got some credit on the show. I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Had both but, both my but, uh, my no, loves, the one I, that I actually love and the one that I don't know why I love it, but uh, I still yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I talked earlier about abusive relationships. Well, I'll tell you what's impact has got nothing on me. Is every damn week I watch this product. I watch it on Monday. I watch it on Tuesday, and then I come back. I come back Friday after I try to cleanse my palate, and every damn week I watch it. We sit in a corner for three days trying to, like, feel better about ourselves, but for some reason on Fridays. And then, oh, it's 8 o'clock Friday. I'll turn on Fox. Damn it, I just can't quit you. (laughs) I'm back again. And so, this... This was not a throwback edition. Teddy Long and 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 they and then plus they want to further piss me off by reminding me of the narrative that the Undertaker's retired. I mean they just yeah that was pretty mean. Yeah that was. I'm like what it was the, funny though. No no it, it wasn't. was a little funny. No it was a little. Funny. I, well, I didn't chuckle. <laughs> I did. Good for you. Teddy Long is funny. Sure it's great. He's the cute forgetful grandfather. SmackDown GM now. Yeah, tag team match with The Undertaker. Teddy, he's retired. Um, well, he's that retired in wrestling, even if they are. But nonetheless, there was there was not a Flair, there was not a Hogan, and that's fine. You're like, well, they didn't do much for SmackDown. Cool, then where's Edge? 
They do have Rey Mysterio on, but he's still a full time member. Uh, where's the Undertaker? Like, I didn't even have taken Hunter. I'd have taken. I'd have taken Michaels. I'd have taken. I'd have taken anyone plus Teddy Long. I would have taken anybody that they showed in the video packages. Where's Arnold? Put him on the TV. I don't care. Like it just. No. Which, by the way, that was great to see again. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I forget how I, I forgot how much he got on that slap. Yeah, yeah, he slapped the hell out of Triple H back in '99. Uh, he just—that's not a throwback. When when you have when we've seen this year that you can have a throwback Legends Night edition. Don't call it a throwback if you're not going to do that. And you're saying, "Well, we just did it." I'm sure that's what they're thinking at at, at headquarters there. Check the ratings, pal. Highest episode of the Raw so far of the year is is still Legends Night, so it does something. And I know the viewership for SmackDown was up this week, probably because they thought you might see some legends on this throwback edition. I don't know. Like, we'll call in Flair for every other damn thing, but we can't have him on the throwback edition of SmackDown. Is, eh, what is that? So he'll be he'll be Lacey Evans' baby daddy, but on Throwback Edition of SmackDown, we can't bring him to the Big Fox. McCarthy, I am appalled at this false advertising. This was a bigger letdown than SmackDown 1000. That was bad. That was bad. I mean, that's fair. Like, And I kind of see your point, especially when you're like, oh, we just did this. If that's their excuse, then don't do advertise they even it. watch their product because they redo stuff all the time. And not that, and a lot of wrestling promotions do. I'm not. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but like it's wrestling. Things repeat. This time, it's just how many times in a six month period do you repeat them? So I really hope that's not their excuse. Because yeah, it didn't. Sure as hell didn't feel like a throwback with like you said the fist and Teddy Long and nothing else. Just kind of felt like they they did it to try to get some some eyes on the product, which is what you're supposed to do, but. Can we make it a true blue throwback, please? Yeah, like, why, you know, I'm not saying that it had to be, like I said, the legend show, but I don't know, have Flair manage somebody for the night or have Hogan do the same thing, and just that way you can still say you saw them. And I know that we all have our differences on those two appearing on the product, but they represent more throwback than anybody. How many 80s clips did we see in the throwback hypes? Well, who the hell was dominating the 80s? Those two. Um, so it, it just... And then, you know, why couldn't, and I know he doesn't like to do these things, but Vince was all over the voiceover. They were using old Vince voiceovers. Why couldn't he have come out and helped call the main event? He shouldn't take himself so seriously. There's just so much, even on short notice, they could have gotten it done better than this. Again, you don't have to hype it up for weeks and make it Legends Night. I get that. But a, a quick, you know, a quick flare pop in, a quick hope and pop in, a couple of promos from you know, like I said, get The Rock to film something, at least send it in. Stone Cold, same thing. You know, talk about your favorite SmackDown memories. Why not? I, I just, you know, it was a bigger, like I said, it, I haven't, it's weird that even though SmackDown's the A show, they get the B show feel still when it comes to things like this because SmackDown 1000 and they had the big red carpet and all that, or not, not one, that wasn't 1000, the one that, the red carpet was that were was Fox and everyone was there, right? You had Sting, you had Hogan, you had Flair, and the best they could do 
They didn't even have Sting appear on TV. He was just on the carpet thing. And then the best they could do was have Hogan and Flair in the crowd and pose for, like, all of 15 seconds. I, I, I don't understand. Like, and yet Raw, which is no longer considered the A show because of having the, the big Fox audience, when they have it at Legends Night, say what you want about having it, but by God, it's Legends Night. You know, there they are. Oh, they're glory, brother. So I, I don't understand that. You know, why not Booker T? You know, he, he had some great moments on SmackDown as King Booker. I would have been fine with King Booker instead yeah. of King Corbin. Yeah, why not? You know, JBL was, was such a great dominant force on, on and obviously still has a very good relationship with WWE, still technically works there in some sort of part-time capacity. We saw him for Mania. Could have had an APA reunion. Yeah. Could have had Edge. Edge was just all over the TV and saying, I'm not a part-timer. And Now he is. Hey, now he is. It's just disappointing. When you advertise that, people like... Look, I know that we all differ on legends. But there's a lot of people like me that go, yeah, I want to see them. I don't necessarily want to see them every single week, but as often as we can because these guys ain't living forever. And we have lost a lot of great ones these last few years. And say what you want about Hogan or Flair, but when they're gone, people, they're gone. And we're not getting them back. So, And I know that Taker's trying to detox from wrestling. You come do your job, too, big man. You come do your job, too. I do like the concept, though. Like, if, if they keep doing this with Fox, if they're still with Fox for the foreseeable future, which I assume they will be, but I wouldn't mind them continuing this tradition and just hopefully they do it better, but... Keep doing throwback week whenever it's Darlington week. Yeah. It, That'd be cool. But it's just do it better. Yeah. Just, just, do, just do it better. Could, that could be your... You gotta do it better. better. <laughs> 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 yes, sir. <laughs> that probably won't get copyrighted. <laughs> you gotta do it better. <laughs> Yeah, I, that could be the one SmackDown episode of the year where we have the Legends come out. Have one for Raw, you know, whenever they need it for the ratings. And then have that week for the Legends for SmackDown. And that way I get two episodes a year where, yay! And then the rest of you can have the other 50 and I can complain. All right, Cesaro defeated Seth Rollins to earn the right to face Universal Champion Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash. We knew that was coming, thanks. Um, what has Cesaro shown you so far in this run? Is he is he worthy of this spot? Is is, is you know because he's kind of getting the ball here. I don't think he's going to beat Roman, of course, but he's finally getting a main event spot. What are your thoughts? I think he's shown a little bit more personality, which is always a plus. Um, the segment that they had with him and like the concerto last week, mm-hmm. I thought was a good step in the right direction. We saw you know. Him trying to come to the rescue for Daniel Bryan. I feel like they're doing a good job of adding to his character a little bit, adding a little bit of that personality. What? I'm still thinking you got to do it better. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Cesaro does not have to do it better, buddy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I've been, I've just been pleased. I, I feel like this. The whole scenario, I think, fits his character and the way that they've gone about it. So maybe that's it. I'm not sure. He, he, they haven't really had him talk that much, though, either. He's just kind of just 
used his actions and used his wrestling ability. Maybe that's the key. And I love that. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what Vince, Bruce Pritchard, everybody should do. Let's highlight their strengths. If they're not a good talker, let's find a way to get around that. Cesaro has shown me a lot. He's about to have the biggest match of his career. And assuming they Roman and Cesaro could put on a classic. And assuming it lives up to that, Cesaro has proven I, I'm ready for the ball. I'm, 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 I'm at the dance. So the, he has shown me a lot because you're right. He hasn't talked a lot, and he doesn't need to. Look at him. I mean, he could he could sure take all three of us real quick and spin us. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, you're certainly the biggest Cesaro fan in the room. What is wh- What do you think of this run for Cesaro? And uh, do you think he has earned the right to, to carry the ball thus far? Lay it on me. I think Cesaro's done a great job really putting over his personality more now that he's gotten more opportunities to do so. And you're right, like they should be extenuating his positives. Yeah, he might not be the best on the microphone, but if he needs to be, you know, get something across, he's able to do it to a point where we believe what he's saying. And I think he is ready to carry the ball. He's not going to yet, but I think he's proving that he is just as capable as a few other guys on that roster to carry that universal championship. Yeah, assuming he can bring it home here Sunday and have a hell of a performance at WrestleMania Backlash, you know, it's time to make him, you know, if he's not going to be champion, it's at least time to make him a main event player in the main event scene on SmackDown. He, he's got a big opportunity right here Sunday night, WrestleMania Backlash, and he has shown me a lot because they're highlighting his strengths because they're, they're they're not even trying to ignore his weaknesses. They're just not they're just not giving him the chance to have that weakness. And I think that's great booking by Vince and Bruce and whoever. And and that needs to happen more. We know, look, not everyone's going to be, uh, you know, John Cena or Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan when it comes to charisma and personality. And that is just fine. Let's highlight what they're great at and let's get them over. You know, that's what it, that's what, and let's, let's get Cesaro over because he's got all the talent in the world. I, I was called him a charisma vacuum. He doesn't have a lot of charisma in my view. But I have never, and I will never, take away from the fact that look at him. He has got all the athleticism. He could outwork anybody on that roster. He's an incredible, incredible star when it comes to his in-ring ability. So let's not have him talk. Let's let's only have him talk when it's absolutely necessary. You know, that's okay to not be a respectable talker. Brock Lesnar is not a good talker. That's why Heyman is who he is. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with what they're doing with Cesaro, and I really hope they can bring it home for a, for a – again, he's not going to win more than likely, but you never say never with Vince. But, but bring it home for a big finish Sunday and then cement him as a main event player of the SmackDown scene going forward. All right, we want to remind you that we are here on Heel Turn Wrestling right here on Facebook. You can tune in all throughout the week. You want to smash that like button, get those notifications every time this beautiful page goes live, and you just never know what's going to be on this page. I can promise you that. And you want to watch You want to watch Big Steve UC host Heel and Face podcast each and every Sunday. You want to watch the franchise Takes Five with Billy Alexander. Uh, you just want to be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, get those notifications right here on Facebook. So much content throughout the week. And, oh, there's us three beautiful fellas. Um, and, of course, you're watching To the Turnbuckle 
brought to you by Bridge Nation Productions. And speaking of Bridge Nation Productions, young man, Mr. McCarthy, take a second and tell the folks about the flagship show of that particular production company. Oh, you mean the Bruce Cruz podcast? The only podcast that brings you pro wrestling for your ears. Where this week, this Thursday, more precisely, at 1 o'clock, we continue our G1 Climax coverage with Okada versus Jeff Cobb. So that's going to be legit. That's going to be legit. Speaking of legit, how about that? We've got an IWGP championship match, and I see championship match tomorrow night on Dynamite. How are you feeling about that one? I want to bring that up for a second. Dude, I'm really excited about that. I mean, he's not going to lose on AEW television more than likely. The the proper way to lose to give up that title is to either lose it on a New Japan show here in the United States or when able to travel to Japan and lose it on Japanese soil. Like I think it would mean more to New Japan getting that title back on one of their shows as opposed to AEW. Agreed. Going to be very exciting, though, to see it happen. Anytime the two promotions can come together and defend you know, a New Japan belt on U.S. television, that's pretty historic. That's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that one tomorrow night. What about you, Napper? Uh, Impact should take note. Hmm, weird. New Japan gets to have their title on the show. Oh. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I won't bring that up again. No, I think it's really cool. I agree with Jason. I don't think that Moxley is going to lose it on the dyna- on Dynamite. I think the only way to really go about that, like he said, is they're either going to have to have an American uh, New Japan show mm-hmm. or they're going to have to have him go back to Japan whenever that may be because I know that's kind of iffy right now, but... Whenever he can go back. But it'll it'll make for good wrestling. It'll be physical. I guarantee it. It'll be physical. It'll be brutal. So that'll be all the more fun to watch. I can't wait to talk about it next week because it's going to be, I think it's going to be the matchup of the week on any uh, wrestling promotion. Bruiser the Bruiser Dog. Or Buster the Bruiser Dog. See, I can do Buster the Bruiser Dog. I'm sorry, Buster. Hi, Buster. Hi, Buster. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, Buster. <laughs> Hi, Buster. I want a bruiser. I want a. I want a, I want a bruiser dog too. I, I want a bruiser. Well, I. You I do. I have a dog, so that makes a lot of noise. Um, <laughs> I dog, did yesterday. God love her, but yeah. The, the the dog you heard yapping the whole time yesterday wasn't my dog. Only until I acknowledged my dog was making noise was that actually my dog. Yeah, damn neighbors. <laughs> I'll put that thing in the house. Uh, so I, I want. Was that you? It, he sabotaged. <laughs> his, uh, like technically, he That's sabotaged. Really his far to go for You vengeful man! <laughs> I want a Buster T-shirt. Yeah, I want a yeah. Buster T-shirt. Make it later. What? I'll make it later. Okay. Buster the Bruiser Dog T-shirt. Yep, that's what I want. I want one. I want one. I'll buy one and then get one free. Thanks. Um, I don't know if that's how that works. Maybe if that's the special on the website, but sure. Well, you run the damn production company so we can decide how it works. We're going to have dinner here real soon. We can decide how it works. Like teammates should. As we approach the top of the hour, we want to remind you, you're listening to this book presented by Bridge Nation Productions right here. He'll turn wrestling. Also cross promoting with uh, school on air network. You want to tune in to all their stuff as well. Some great, great content. 
And don't forget to check out the Ohio Media School if you want to do this your damn self. If you can do it better than us, and sometimes you probably could, come on down to Ohio Media School and check it out. I probably shouldn't plug them given the horrible things we say, but ah, probably not, but that's okay. We love them anyway. And I don't know why they love us, but they do. Well, just tried to shake me down for money, so. (laughs) Um, All right, let's talk NXT. The way it defeated Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon in a street fight to become the new NXT Women's Head and Champions. A wing booit, a wing booit. What do you think, Napper, the way new Tag Team Champions? Do you know the way? I know the way. And the way is finally, finally, finally we give the championships to a team that deserves it. <sighs> I'm so happy. So happy. Because finally we give some credit where it's actually well, not, I won't say that it's actually due. I think Chatsy and Ember were good tag team champions. I think it's a good story, and I thought they did very well with it. But finally, Candice LeRae actually gets some damn respect in this freaking locker room. Finally! <laughs> Feels like it's been flipping months since she's actually gotten, like, legitimately pushed. And it, it, I've been waiting and wondering when they were finally going to give her some kind of nugget. Give her a nugget. Give her the ball and let her roll with it. And finally they did it. So I I was very pleased to see that take place. And it was a great match. A really great match. Uh, I, Mr. McCarthy, I know you were on the road a lot. I don't know if you had a chance to watch this one. If you didn't, though, what are your thoughts? Just I know you didn't get to watch the match. I, well, I don't know that. But I assume you didn't. What do you think? About time the way becomes tag team champions? I think it is about time. It's actually the only match I didn't get to um, on NXT this week because, you know, got to be a dad and pick up the son from school and cook dinner. So I didn't get a chance to do it today. Um, I saw the rest of the show, but it's about damn time that someone other than Johnny Gargano, nothing, not that I'm complaining about Johnny Gargano having the North American championship. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is more people in that group should have championships. And finally, finally, after three years, Candice LeRae finally gets a championship. That seems egregious to me. Does that seem egregious to anyone else? I think they're being very facetious. Facetiously egregious? Yes. Yes. Merch, 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 merch. Buy some merch. Merch. Where can they get that merch, Mr. McCarthy? So the easiest way to get our merch is go to brewsterdationproductions.com slash merch. There you see some shots of the merchandise and links to both websites available to purchase your official To the Turnbuckle, Bruiser Nation Productions, Bruise Cruise Podcast, Red Flag, and there's another one, but I forgot, all in one place. And let me do a favor for you, that way, that, that way because you said a lot there, so you have to go... <gasps> You know, take like a look. Got to get that air in. Got to get that air in. That's, that matters. Oh, your air matters. I promise you. Breathe good, clean air. 
Uh, breathe deep. Everything's going to be beautiful, boys and girls. All right. Carrying Cross brawl with Finn Balor, Kyle Riley, and P. Dunn. Cross was later ambushed by the other members of the way. Uh, wing boy. Wing boy. All right. Mr. Napper, thoughts on this segment, sir? I, I kind of thought at first the segment was kind of just out of place. Like, we're, what are we doing with all of these people in the same ring at the same time? Like, who's the actual challenger for carrying Cross at this point? Is it Kyle O'Reilly? Is it Finn Balor? Or is it Pete Dunne? I know it's probably not Johnny Gargano, but who knows? Clearly, he's going to have the match with Austin Theory. Maybe it could be Johnny Gargano. Maybe he wants to be Johnny Two Belts. I don't know. Championship scrambles. Yeah! woo I miss those, actually. Those were pretty fun sometimes. Not always, but sometimes they were fun. Um, but it, it just kind of felt all over the place because, like, I cannot tell who his next challenger is going to be, and I'm not sure if they even know or if they just want to have him face off against every single one of them. And let's just have a good old six-pack challenge at this point because who knows. Yeah, the next you take over in your house 2021. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And like I said, we can see Shawn Michaels revive his feud with computers. Yeah. <laughs> As he, <laughs> um, was, all right, Mister McCarthy, what'd you think of this segment? Who the hell's the challenger going to be? Uh, it's probably going to be. I'd like to see Kyle O'Reilly. I think him and Karrion Cross would create a pretty nice dynamic between how tough and dominant Karrion Cross is compared to the never say die MMA style of. Kyle O'Reilly. I think that would be legit. But then, of course, you got Finn Balor, who, you know, kind of deserves a rematch in the first place. So, but I would much rather see Kyle O'Reilly and Karrion Cross right now. You know what? You know what? It's a good problem to have, folks, when you look at those matchups and you go, all of them are fine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great problem to have when you go, you know what? Any of them could headline take over, and, and would we have any real complaints? So uh, that's a good problem to have. Take notes, Vince. Take notes. Uh, take notes. So I don't know who the challenge is going to be. Doesn't really matter because Karrion uh, Cross is going to have it about a while. Barring injury. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all, how it all turns out. Next, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher defeated the Grizzly Young Veterans. And, and what are the... Uh, Grizzly Young Veterans going to do here real soon? Well, I believe they are soon to be recognized as NXT's number one, even though they got cut off this week or last week, so they didn't actually get to say it. So I know they're really upset about that. And then, uh, can you give me that soon to be recognized just one more time? Soon to be recognized <laughs> as NXT's number one. Yes, sir. Soon to be recognized. That is just beautiful. I love it more, more every single daggum damn week. All right, so what do you think? I know you're a big Chopper guy. Timothy Thatcher getting it done. Uh, they, they, you know, they beat the our favorite tag team here. I said beat it, beat, beat, beat. <laughs> Sorry, uh, English is really tough for those of us at media school. That's why we went to media school. Yeah, especially English. for the Grizzled Young Veterans, because really, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So what do you think? Uh, the right guy win here? I think so. I really do. Um, as much as I'm 
kind of disappointed that the Grizzly Young veterans are kind of getting pushed down. It seemed like every single week. Like, you kind of get the feeling that they're trying to stay in the picture, but at the same time, they want to roll with some of the other tag teams. And as we've alluded to, there's been a lot of times where thrown together tag teams seem to get pushed more often than the actual tag teams. And that seems to be one of the bigger problems with tag team wrestling, especially in the WWE. But this is one of those times where I'm not that upset about it. I do like Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. I think they're a great tag team. This was just a brutal, awesome match. Physicality. Physicality. All capital kick-ass letters. Speaking of kick-ass. Pretty bad when every every match on this show was pretty much more physical than that bump Jericho took. Yeah, speaking of kick-ass. Oh, (laughs) damn it. Uh, That was so egregious. So, obviously, I wouldn't call Jason McCarthy kick-ass. I like his dog better. What did you say, Jason? So I thought we were friends. That was egregious. I'll tell you what was egregious. The size of that crash pad. I'll tell you what's egregious. He got rid of Buster. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get rid of Buster. Buster decided to go other places in the house. Probably because he'd be sick of you talking about AEW and how great they are. Yeah, probably. That must have been it. That's probably it. Uh, let's go back to Blood and Guts for a sec. Were we surprised at the ratings? I don't know if anyone saw them. They were. I didn't see them. They were a little over a million. Yeah, well, I'll do it right here live on the air. All right. Why not? Sure. Uh, kill some time for me, buddy. What'd you think of the match, Jason? Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa, and the grizzled young veterans. I thought it was great, man. They beat the hell out of each other. It was a nice little touch that the good guys apparently in the feud used the tennis shoe to get the victory. And I think Chapa and Thatcher are, are definitely one of those rare thrown together tag teams that are actually going to work. Like sometimes they work. Sometimes they explode in a ball of flames for absolutely no reason. And sometimes they explode tag teams themselves for no reason, but let's hope they give them the benefit of the doubt and let this tag team keep going. And I think, Grizzled Young veterans will find their way back up into the title picture before all is said and done in the next few months anyway. I am so mad because I was so going to pull that meme and put it on the show because that's the first thing I thought of whenever I saw that shoe. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. (laughs) It's like immediately my brain went, yes, Austin Powers, yes. Oh, I'm so mad. Who throws a shoe? Who throws a shoe, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) Greatest movies ever. Not to get political, but anyone remember when George Bush had to, like, dodge a shoe? Yes, I I do. He had to meet him. He, like, smiled. (laughs) He, like, that dude launched that shoe. He moved and, like, Apparently, Thatcher and Tommaso, or, uh, you know, Grizzly Young Veterans should take a hint. McCarthy, you remember that when, 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 when W had to dodge that shoe? Yeah, I do. <laughs> did you do you remember how proud he was when he did dodge it? Because he started to do that weird bush smirk. <laughs> that, oh god! I didn't think George W. Bush would come up like today, him. but he did. Um, what did you say, McCarthy? 
So that was the most expensive shoe of, of that dude's life. Yeah, <laughs> because if anyone hasn't seen the clip, and it's not political at all, like whatever your views are, this dude launches his shoe at 44, like George W. Bush, right? Or 43, pardon me. And he launches his shoe, and and George moves quick, W does, and then he like starts to smirk as this dude's going off because he's like, I just dodged his shoe. He probably was thinking the same thing we were. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> he's like, what the hell? He's like, that, that movie had been out at that point, right? Yeah. He's, he's like, what the hell? Haven't, haven't had to dodge shots like this since hanging out with Chaney. Uh, this is wild. Uh, that was fantastic, though. You got a Chaney issue. reference in there, too. Yeah, nice. I, just just uh, check out Vice on Hula. No, just, <laughs> 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 since, they're, <laughs> since they're not sponsored us. Um, but, no, but it's still funny. Uh, but, yeah, that was... Uh, I can see him smirking now. I'm going home and watching that clip, and I'm sending it to you. I'm sending it to both of you in our group chat. Prepare for a YouTube link. Anywho. Anywho. <laughs> hey, we're running good on time. We had some time to kill. Uh, so, the AEW edition of, of Blood and Guts. The the setter-backer business of 30 years. Uh, it drew... It drew 1.090 million viewers on average, and uh, that is up 22.6% from, from the week before. But uh, the, the one that's interesting to me, Dynamite drew a 0.42 rating in the 18-49 to 49 demo. That, of course, was up 27.3% from the week before. But here's, and they were the number one show on cable for Wednesday, uh, and that's impressive, but I thought it would be more. Like, I thought this was going to draw, like, 1.5. I really did. I'm like, the way this has been hyped, because, I, mean, I mean, everyone was hyped for it. Twitter was popping. Twitter, because I, th- I thought it was going to beat Raw in the demo. I really did. And it said it didn't come, it didn't come anywhere close. McCarthy, uh, spin me something here, buddy. Spin some yarn. Were you surprised that it wasn't a little higher? Because I was. Those are great numbers. They were number one on cable. I'm not trying to downplay it. But I thought it was going to be like 1.3, 1.4, 1.5. And like I said, I thought it was going to beat Raw in the demo. I, I'll be honest. I was a little surprised. It was only like the 1.09 or whatever it was. But I'll, know, I'll tell you why. It was the biggest live crowd that they have had since 2020. There were so many people. Took away some of the ratings. I'm sorry, I'm being facetious because we were still socially distanced. I don't know, like, but it, if if they had that many viewers and they were the number one show on cable, does that mean people were just outside or doing other things? I yeah, I don't know. Like, again, nothing to be they, disappointed about. I just thought like I thought this was going to be the show where they beat Raw in the demo first time, and then Vince is going call the legends. Uh, <laughs> So, because I really did, I thought it was going to be Raw in the demo. You just heard the numbers for the first time. Uh, Raw draws about 5.3 usually in the demo, somewhere in that neighborhood, sometimes lower, sometimes higher. They've drawn demos of that, but but, but they didn't beat Raw this past week uh, as someone starts up their Microsoft 97. Um, and, and... so you surprised that it that it didn't do a little better? Not that it did badly at all. I'm not trying to shortchange it. It did fine. Number one show on cable. But I thought it was going to be more like 1.3, 4, 5. 
What'd you say first, McCarthy? I said that's that's my throwback. Uh, 90, Microsoft ninety seven. Well, you, you did like a better job than SmackDown. So often, you did a better job than SmackDown. Uh, I try. <laughs> it doesn't take much sometimes. <laughs> I was, I am shocked by that. I really am because I agree with you. I thought for sure they would do at least maybe like a one three one four. I don't know if I'd go as far as one five, but at least getting past mm-hmm. one million, like. Yeah, they got 1.09, like, whatever. But it ends up being the third most viewership they've ever had. I thought it would be the most they've ever had so far. I I am surprised, because especially it being a show that everybody knew was already supposed to happen, it was already highly anticipated because of the fact that it didn't get to happen. Yeah, I am surprised because you had all that buildup. And that, that's that goes back to it. You had all this buildup. You had all this. I think the problem is we didn't know fully what was going to take place on the show until, like, the week before. Like, yeah, you knew the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle were going to face off against each other. But when you have a mat, when you have a show like that that's supposed to be, like, a special show... Usually, you kind of get an idea of some of the matches that are going to take place at that event. I think when they had winners coming, they had some idea of what was going to happen on that show a couple weeks in advance. They didn't do that with Blood and Guts. The only thing we knew for sure, and now it's pretty obvious why, is because they pre-taped the the first hour. The only thing we really knew about was Pinnacle versus Inner Circle Blood and Guts. That's about it. If they had done a I think, you know, in this... This is probably unfair to say, but if they had promoted it better, the rest of the show, I think it would have been a little bit higher. Yeah, because one Plus thing... Plus, the game was kind of crappy matches. Because no say what you want about WWE and a lot of the things, but one of the reasons I think that those Legends episodes do end up popping the ratings compared to what they currently are, not that they're like... Legends Night doesn't do great ratings, but it does great compared to what we deal with usually, is because they beat you over the head with it for about three weeks... You know, boom, they're going to be here. Boom, they're going to be here. Boom, they're going to be here. They they beat you over the head with it. And I think, and say what you want about that style of promotion, but we never forget that this is Legend Night or that or WrestleMania Backlash is coming up. Or they say what you want, but it works as far as their level of promotion. We can argue about the product all day long. But when it's a big episode coming up, we know when it's coming up because they book them about four weeks in advance as far as when they advertise. And they beat you over the head every single show with, hey, Legends Night, Hulk Hogan going to be in. They just wear you out. And the unfortunate part of it, too, is like we talked about how the fact that they couldn't put that thing in the rafters. Everybody knew at that point they had, and this could be the day of issues. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew that they had to wait an hour to see the actual big event of the show. So they're not going to tune in for the first half, probably hour. They're going to tune in to the last hour because they want to see blood and guts, not everything else. That's fair. Um, let us know in the comments what you thought of the ratings. Now back to NXT, our regularly scheduled program for this moment. Uh, Isaiah Swerve's got a defeat of Leon Ruff in a false count anywhere match. I liked this match. I just thought the wrong guy won. I liked the match. Just thought the wrong guy won. Leon Ruff has been, I'm not going to say irrelevant because he's still on TV, and when you're on TV and, and ask Velveteen what relevance he is because he, he's with the company being on TV. So I, I'm not going to say irrelevant by any stretch. When you're on TV, you're relevant to some form. 
but I hate the downward trend that Leon Ruff is taking since losing the North American Championship. As we were worried about several months ago on this show, we talked about it. We thought it was going to happen. What do you think of this match, Mr. McCarthy? Did the right guy win? Man, these, I think the right guy did win. Uh, hopefully it gets the uh, – because normally, you know, you, you lose a big match, you come back stronger. Hopefully that's the story they tell and Leon Ruff can get back in the North American title picture. Not that Swerve doesn't belong there, but it looks like he's building a faction of his own. The way is in control of the North American Championship right now, and it's really hard to tell a story between two heel factions hating each other. So I think they need to get Swerve or Leon Ruff back into that picture and show him the loyalty that they ask for. And give him a nice little push because, as you said, Logan, we talked about this after he got the North American Championship. Is he going to lose this in two weeks and be forgotten about? Well, he kind of was. Now, it's there is something to be said like you said. He's on TV. He's relevant. He's in a high-profile feud with Swerve Scott. Like This is the, the, the potatoes of the meat and potatoes of a wrestling show that you want. A nice little mid-card feud that means something to both guys. The intensity was there. The back and forth was there at times. I mean, Swerve dominated, but th- this is those type of mid-card feuds that take people from the mid-card to the top of the card. Agreed. So we'll see. Hopefully Hope is still alive for Leon Ruff. He's a little small, but he's got plenty of talent. Uh, Mr. Napper, thoughts on this match? Did the right guy win? I do think the right guy won. I think the unfortunate part and the reason why Leon kind of gets pushed off to the side here is they unfortunately booked a match where both guys needed a push. And I think that's the unfortunate part about this because we've seen it sort of Scott for like the last couple months. He's kind of been there, but not really there. He's faced off against Atlas and all that. They've been trying to work this heel character. and He's been doing a good job of it. But he still kind of seems irrelevant. Leon Ruff, from the moment he stepped through the door, seemed like he was relevant from the very beginning because they had a good story for him to go into. But then, obviously, after that ended, he kind of fell to the wayside, much like Swerve is. So they had two guys, and they decided to put them together, but both of them kind of needed the moment. The good thing is they had a great match, and I think it paid off for both of them, no matter who won, that they both looked strong. Leon looked like he could take a beating and still possibly almost still win the match. Swerve gets his faction and wins the match, which, by the way, we cut the head off of the uh, Undisputed Era, and two factions sprouted. Are they like a Hydra or something? Like, what's going on here? We, we cut off the head and two more pop up. What, what is going on here? What is with factions and popping up all of a sudden? I just don't get it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a damn weed. Where's the roundup? Where's the- <laughs> uh, but no, I, and uh, that in itself, I'm 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 happy for at least for Isaiah Swerve Scott. I think that'll add some good build up to his character. I think it's something that he needed because it's still like the whole heel character he had going on. It still felt kind of bland. Like, yeah, he's got the look and everything, but like, and he was aggressive, but it still seemed like it was missing something. Now he's got kind of that personality around him. So I think it'll all work out. And Leon Ruff, I feel like he's the 
cookie cutter baby face that no matter what, like we can get him over if we really, really want to and try to and give him the right heel to go up against that it's really not going to matter if he loses a match here or there. We shall see what happens with Leon Ruff, and we shall see with Isaiah Swerve Scott, of course, NXT coming up top of the hour, 8 o'clock on USA. All right, now for a name uh, that I didn't think I'd have to type in 2021 on the rundown. This is yeah, th- this was a better throwback than the throwback edition of SmackDown. Uh, I'm not joking. Uh, Ted DiBiase teaches Cameron Grimes a valuable lesson. That's right, the Million Dollar Man. We saw it last week, but we were off, of course, and and or two weeks ago. Pardon me. Suddenly, Ted DiBiase is suddenly a regular fixture on NXT television. Uh, if it was his son, that'd be one thing. But I mean, the Million Dollar Man is suddenly he's back. Um, you know, because uh, Cameron Grimes was going to go to the club. You know, to the VIP room. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he couldn't get in. And then here comes this big old stretch limousine with a big dollar sign on it. And, of course, that can only mean one man. Can it, though? Because I feel like there's a couple people that that could have meant. Well, could have been JBL. It could have been Ted DiBiase. It could have been. It probably never will be, but it could have been Alberto Del Rio. But. (laughs) <laughs> but say what you want, but unless there's horns on the front of that limo, I don't think it's JBL. Okay, that's a good point. Right. You know, when I think when I think limos and I see dollar signs, I'm like, well, son of a hello, million dollar man. Money, money, money. All money. right. So, Mr. Napper, I'll start with you on this one. What do you think of Ted DiBiase being back? Seems to be a regular fixture again. I expect to see him when I watch NXT later tonight. Uh, where does this head though? What's, what's, what's the plan here? Because Ted DiBiase hadn't been in a ring in a long time. I don't think he's going to wrestle. Um, so what, this is cool. I love this. I have no issue with it, but like everything else, what's the payoff? I honestly have no idea. Like my, my initial, my exact thought as soon as I saw this was, I don't know why this is happening, but I absolutely love it. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this is going on. I do not know why Cameron Grimes is suddenly having a money war with Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Unless he's going to be managed by Ted DiBiase in the very near future, which, yes, please, Please. I would love. Shut up and take my money. Like, honestly, that is the the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is that somehow, for some reason, this is going to resolve in him being the manager for Cameron. Grimes, which I mean, Cameron Grimes doesn't really need a mouthpiece, but at the same time, oh my gosh, it'd be so much fun and funny, and I would love it. I, I just want to hear to the moon and that, <laughs> that iconic laugh right after. Mr. McCarthy, I didn't think we'd have to talk about this guy in 2021, but we are. Ted DiBiase is back on TV. Uh, where is this heading? Uh, what do you think of it? Give me some thoughts, because you know I love nostalgia, but I, but I can't see uh, the forest through the trees here. I have no idea what the payoff's going to be. So I think Travis is really, really close. But hear me out. Hear me out. Let's just reintroduce Money Incorporated with Ted DiBiase Jr. in a complete repackage. All three of them 
running roughshod over NXT, flashing the diamond rings and the diamond belts and the suits and what they should have done with T. Ted DiBiase Jr. in the first place. Put him with his famous father, the original million dollar man, and watch him and Cameron Grimes shoot to the moon and re-revolutionize million-dollar characters in professional wrestling. Shut up and take my money. Oh, so <laughs> I'd, blow, I'd blow so much money on T-shirts. They'd have to send me another stimulus check. Because uh, it, uh, it would just be, I would completely waste so much money on every shirt they put out. I, I hope that Ted DiBiase is back for a while. Uh, we all know my love and nostalgia on this show. And he obviously fits that bill. He brought in The Undertaker, for God's sake, uh, which was just a few years ago. And and so, look, we can make this official at, at NXT TakeOver in your house. Why not? Uh, that's pretty old school. You know, let's make this thing official and, and let's go to the moon. But we'll see what else Ted DiBiase, uh, fo- how he foils Cameron Grimes, because so far Cameron Grimes is, is sharply losing this money war. Sharply. The only downside to this, can Vir- Virgil can't make an appearance, can he? I don't see why not. I don't think... Isn't he still under contract with AEW? I don't think so. I mean, nobody gives a damn about Soul Train Jones. All right. <laughs> 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 I think that was a one-off appearance. I don't think he's under contract. I think it's fine. Okay, I'm just checking. And we can, we can. I know he. I, I don't know if he got full-fledged released or furloughed, but Mike Rotunda, IRS, we could, you know, we could bring him back for for some some good old nostalgia. You know why not? You know, don't forget to pay your taxes. Um, R.I.P. Andre. No, uh, so we'll see what happens with Ted DiBiase, senior, senior. I didn't think I'd say that on in twenty twenty one at all, but let alone on NXT television. So yeah, the young brand gets a legend. We'll see what happens. All right, put one in, boys. Yep, that's about how painful it is, too, to put one in. Uh, Monday Night Raw, the Catholic Show. Because uh, anytime if you if I've got to put a catheter in to sit through the entire show, yeah. Bobby, I got to time those pee breaks just right. Bobby Lashley defeated Drew McIntyre, but by disqualification in the main event. Of course, Braun Strowman got involved, and you know he went all Hulk smash and. Tore up Bobby Lashley and tore up Drew McIntyre and uh, MVP got threatened. Stole his cane for a second. Uh, did you watch Monday Night Raw, Mr. McCarthy? No. Well, you're bad. Uh, that's we put that's we fine. we put in these long hours of of horrible. All right. I was actually watching the new series called The Outsider on HBO Max based on a Stephen King novel. It's pretty crazy and legit. I like it. I mean, I'm all for whatever you want to do in this life, but I didn't know you were starting a podcast venture on that particular subject. <laughs> <laughs> but I support I'll podcast you, sir. about anything. I don't care. 
you know this man. And you know this. All right. I don't know why we just went off Friday, but okay. Because <laughs> it's the, one of the greatest movies ever. It sure is. Ever. All right. So what'd you think of the main event, Mr. Napper? I thought it was all right. Like, why are we having competitors that are supposed to face off in a week face off against each other on the show? Because we got to fill three hours. Because wrestling! Yay! We did it not once but twice today or last night. Not, no, but not that Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre is a bad main event. No, no, I agree. Let's be fair. Be fair to Flair. But you knew it was going to end some funky way because there's no way they were going to have Bobby Lashley beat Drew McIntyre clean again before the match. Well, of course. Well, we know Raw is going to probably suck, but we watch it. I mean, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I just... It, it was all right. It was a good match leading up to disqualification. I like the physicality of the Braun Strowman's brand. I do, too. I'm, I'm excited I mean, for their match. I think, it's he, just like, I think he beat the hell out of Lashley, and then that, that last power slam he gave to McIntyre was stiff. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was it was stiff with a capital stiff. <laughs> and, and so I, I didn't mind the main event. Look, there's a lot to be desired on Monday Night Raw, no doubt about it. But I'm not going to complain when I get Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley because you should see main event players closing uh, Monday Night Raw after what you have to sit through. And they are main event players. We, we talk about the talent of Bobby Lashley. We know Drew McIntyre has carried Raw during the pandemic era. And so I, I'm okay with this. And, I, and I've been a long advocate that I think Braun Strowman has got – Plenty of, plenty of potential. I think he's a star. I think you need more big men in the business these days, and he is a big son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. So that's that's my thought on that. I'm not – yes, was it – I get your point, but after – we had about two weeks where Bobby Lashley wasn't even on Raw for some reason. And I'm like, well, I guess he's working the Lesnar schedule. But I, I thought that was okay as far as an event goes. Now on to our favorite love odd couple. RK Bro and the New Day defeated AJ Styles, Amos, Elias, and Jackson Riker in an eight-man tag team match. Uh, great to see uh, AJ Styles back on Raw. I don't care about Amos. Um, don't care about Jackson Riker. I don't care about Elias. I like the New Day. I like RK Bro, and, and I'm damn sure I like AJ Styles. Uh, you got something to say there, buddy? No. Uh, I, I saw all right, just checking. Um, what did you think of this match? Uh, the odd couple continues. I'm glad it continues. <laughs> really, re- I don't know why I enjoy this so much, but I really, really do. Uh, I like how it ended in uh, ended in some RKO's, and Riddle looks at him like, "Come on, man, what you do that for? We're yeah. not going to have any friends." Yeah. But as soon as Randy gets out the ring, he goes, "Oh, Randy, you." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "This is why you don't have any friends." <laughs> but but as soon as Randy's walking up the uh, walking up the ramp, he goes, "Oh, that Randy." I love that Riddle is just too. He's just too oblivious to not hate Randy Orton. <laughs> he can't hate him. He goes in there. You know, you can just tell that he, he believes that in there is a good, good man, and he's going to bring it out of him. It, this is this is some of the best stuff they have come up with alone. I don't know whose idea this was, but whoever probably pitched, was Randy's. Whoever pitched this in the creative meeting, 
And thank God Ben said yes, because this is just great. This is just great. I was more, like, not that the match was bad, but I was more entertained by the stuff that would happen, like, in front of the match and behind the match than the actual match itself. Because he had Randy come come in after Riddle, and he's, like, doing the pose on the thing. And then he just, like, falls, like, looks dejected. Like, I'm really doing this. He wanted to, he wanted to have that moment, man. And... <laughs> It, again, I don't know who pitched it, and I'm so glad Vince said yes, because if he's not sitting there going, this is good stuff, pal, every single week something is wrong. This needs to last for a while, like at least until SummerSlam. I want T-shirts. I want T-shirts. Wouldn't want you buy an RK Bro T-shirt, McCartney? What? Wouldn't you buy an RK Bro T-shirt? Yeah, of course. This of course is the most entertained I've been by Matt Riddle in a long time. Randy is the perfect like partner in crime for him right now. And they should really just stay together till near WrestleMania and build something between them at WrestleMania. Why not? I think that's the best use of this this team to feud right now that we have. And even it doesn't even need to be a blood feud. We can go old school and be who's the better guy and not hate each other. So every so often when they need a little push or they feel like one of the others getting stale, stick them back together for a second. And, oh, it's not stale. It's still funny. Like they could milk this the way they milked the rock and sock connection. Bro. You know, because I, yeah, I could see that leading to WrestleMania where, I don't know, bro, you're pretty good, but you're getting a little lonely in the tooth. So that was a pretty good impression. Yeah, that, that was, <laughs> was pretty good. <laughs> well, what can I say? I, if I'm going to sit and watch it for three hours, I'm going to pay attention. Uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, I, I think this is this is some of the this is some of the best stuff that I've seen on Raw in a long time, and that's any era. To be honest with you, it's this is some of the this could be one of the few standouts of of this era that you go, yep, I can put this against anything in Raw's history if they do this right, because. Because this is great. It, it, like I said, I hope you're sitting there going, this is such good stuff, pal. This is such good stuff. Well, pal. this kind of takes us back to why we get so frustrated with the product sometimes. Because there's diamond storylines mixed in these shows. You just got to be willing to sit there and find them sometimes. And sometimes that's hard to do. Because there's some like top-shelf storylines going on right now that have been going on for a few months. But then you look at you know 85% of the storylines that they're showing on TV. We're just talking about Raw and SmackDown right now. And they're terrible. It's like, who's coming up with these great ones? Why don't they just come up with storylines for everyone and then make the writers figure it out? Well, yeah, the problem is, is I always find myself going, so Vince can either come up with this or green light this, but they can't come up with another great idea for someone that is just as talented as Riddle. I'm not, I'm not thinking of any names, but I'm saying there's been plenty of stuff where you're like, why can't we do something like that with so-and-so? It just doesn't, it strikes me as laziness because every now and again, he or whomever will come up with something that shows he still got it a little bit of it, that creativity that you go, let's not overthink this. We can make this work. Every now and again, he does that. This is one of those times where he'll drop a kernel that makes you go, okay, he still understands something to how this should work or how this shouldn't work, especially with raw, because we, 
I don't. I'm not trying to shortchange a creative team. I don't know if it's all Vince or not, but we know the kind of crazy changes he makes to Raw last minute up until. So I think he's driving a lot of this. And so that says, all right, you still have something in your creative tank. Where is that for everybody else? Where is that for everybody else? And maybe not necessarily even everybody else, but like you said, 85% of the weekly television is just, what are we doing, especially on Raw? Give a little bit of that to to whatever thought process he's putting in late at night to this. Give a little bit of that to a lot of the rest of this roster, and Raw can get back to being the A show quality-wise. That's what pisses me off is because I'm a big believer. You guys hear me say it all the time. I think Vince has still got it. Uh, do I think he's as good as he used to be creatively? No. Yeah, but this right, idea they that... They really this, just stay together till near WrestleMania and build something between them at WrestleMania. But this, I think that's the best use of this. I don't know, bro. You're pretty good. You this idea that he, for some reason, is, is, can't uh, you know, come up with creative ideas at all, he continues to prove just isn't true. I think it's pure... I don't want to call Vince McMahon laziness, but it's where he's got too many he's got too many fingers in one pot. He wants to worry about this, wants to worry about that. Give some real time to a lot of these great talents, and you could make Raw a much more watchable show. You really could, because he continue every now and again. You know, we saw it with the original idea of the Fiend and a lot of the Bray Wyatt stuff, and I know a lot of that falls on Bray Wyatt as well. But he's got to green light it. And so if he greenlights it, that proves that, okay, you still understand something. Give me more of that. Give me more of that. Take a little more time. Every now and again, I think Vince's biggest problem is he's in his own way. And get back to basics. Get get back out to your pool and really think about how you want this to work instead of just churning it like a conveyor belt. Because he's still very creative. You know, to our knowledge, he doesn't have dementia or anything of that nature. So the same guy that that you know created Hulkamania and gave Roddy Piper and Macho Man and and John Cena and Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker, Kane. Think about the great stories. I just you know when all those careers come together that we've been told. Roman Reigns, The Shield. This same guy greenlit all that. You haven't completely lost it. Give me some more. Or step aside. And he ain't going to do that, so give me more. All right. Oscar, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke defeated Charlotte Flair, Nia Jackson, and Baszler in a six-man women's tag match. I mean, great that they're getting some time, but then how the hell we'd set up a whole playground in the middle of the damn, you know, she, you know, Alexa Bliss interferes, kind of. And then, oh, her friend Lily can make Shayna Baszler lose her ability to walk. <sighs> What are we doing? What are we doing? The Fiend should be on TV. It's not that hard. I hate this because they missed the obvious. Like, yes, Alexa Bliss is great, right? This role is kind of cool. Lily's kind of creepy for real. <laughs> like, legit. <laughs> cool. But The Fiend is a mother flip-flopping star. Extra mayo mother trucker. What are we doing? Because he literally goes and 
He's back! And he goes away again! Yeah, I don't know if this is a booking call at this point or if it's a Bray Wyatt call. Well, then Bray Wyatt needs to sit the... (laughs) Damn! You have lost your privileges! I don't know if he's taking time off and just... He just had time! I know. I know. I don't know what what the issue is and why they continue to try to... I, I, they are milking it for far too long. I think they're trying to let Alexa Bliss go on her own. Like, I know she had the time with Randy and everything like that. I, I almost feel like they're trying to let her go about the women's division by herself with no interaction with the Fiend at all and see if it can work. Totally before cool. Before they bring him in. Totally cool with that. Fine. Whatever. But at least hint at the fact that he's still alive. Here's the problem. This guy was burned alive. They charged $250 if you wanted a replica Chris mask. And then he regenerates at WrestleMania and comes out with a new, what, Frieza final form. And then guess what? He gets all shook because his boo thing done turned her back. And then he just disappears. He didn't burn again. He didn't really, like, get his hind end kicked. Yes, he lost the match. But, like, he didn't have some catastrophic. So, essentially, oh, she left me. I'm going to go pout in the corner. Great. So, you're going to write a country song because that's what what happens. Oh, she left me. I'm going to go get neck deep in a bottle or something. What is going on? And then here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, boys and girls. Here's the logical fallacy. Fine. If he say he was so depressed, I, I can't bear to be at Monday Night Raw and be around her. Fine. I can kind of get that. That's a little cheesy, but this is wrestling. But then he's on Raw the next night. Bray Wyatt talked about a fresh start. Where the hell did he go? We didn't write him off. What is going on? Who aren't, like, SmackDown makes a level of sense whether you enjoy the stories or you don't. Doesn't that same team write for all? Because fine, if he'd have been beat, and I'll, and I'll move on, but understand, folks. If he'd have been beaten and just went away because I can't bear to the thought of seeing that woman that left me, damn it, I only had one friend in this world. Fine, ain't we all been there? Cool. But then he's on Raw, Firefly Funhouse, Bray Wyatt, right? Next night. Remember that? Talking about it's going to be a fresh start because witches be wildin'. Well, uh, here we are on the go-home show of WrestleMania Backlash, the next pay-per-view. And we haven't heard from him since those witches were wiling. Is he out wiling with more witches? At least give us a, a vignette of him out, you know, frolicking in the woods, you know, boom, you know, with that iconic baseline. But instead, nope, he's dead, Jim. What is that? And Alexa Bliss, great. Just tell us who you can you still wrestle? Great. Then let's go wrestle. Instead, and again, they can talk about the crash pad that I've been very critical of setting the business back 30 years. I'm expected to believe that magically you set up a whole playground. 
Because it's not like she just sat in a chair. Nope, got to have her swing set. What a load of malarkey. We got the guy that could be in the same breath as The Undertaker, and we can't keep him on TV for more than three weeks. What the hell? No, like, no wonder ratings tank. Jesus. All right, I'm done. Uh, Jinder Mahal did return. The modern-day Maharaja made his return with uh, Veer and Shanky uh, into Sharir. Uh, Veer and Shanky. What, what great names. Uh, modern-day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal, back on TV yet again. Uh, he's another one that's kind of coming and going. Mostly going. Mr. McCarthy, uh, I know you didn't watch Raw last night because you had a great HBO series to catch. But what do you think, Jinder Mahal? What what, what are they going to – is this another – do you think because he comes back, he beats Jeff Hardy, looks dominant – is this going to be another case where he just goes away in two weeks? Or are we actually going to get the modern-day Maharaja for a little while? I think we'll get the modern-day Maharaja for a little while Put longer. Put some stank on it, buddy. Everything... One more time. Hold on. Hold on. You just said modern-day Maharaja like you can just say. Give me something. Modern-day Maharaja. There it is. There. You better. I'm happy. <laughs> Anywho, I think until everything opens back up, you keep him on Raw or SmackDown. Get those eyes going. That way, when you can officially start NXT India, you have a built-in star and a built-in guy climbing up the ladder with Mansoor. But you got your modern-day Marasha there as a built-in star for your NXT India brand to bring eyes to the product. Look, he should run NXT India. He should be the world champion for... 535 days at least. No doubt about it. I'm one of the rare members of the Jinder Mahal fan club. People go, well, God, that was so stupid making him champ. But yet you want something new. And then when you get something new, you go, but I don't like that new. Mr. Napper, first of all, when you say modern-day Maharaja, be sure to put a little something on it for me. Uh, you know, we can't disrespect and besmirch the good name of Jinder Mahal. Secondly, what do you think of Jinder Mahal being back, or is this going to be another disappearing act by Jinder Mahal as him and Bray Wyatt obviously continue their wager? No, I think it's a it's it's a ploy. I don't want to say ploy. It's just to get him out on TV. I think McCarthy's right. I think it's right now for the moment just to get him out on TV, build him up a little bit. If this NXT India thing is legit and they are planning to do that and run with it, what better way to do it than to spotlight them on on Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. give them some experience, show them you know what it's going to look like, and give them an idea of some of the people that you can expect to see on it. I think it's great to have the modern-day Maharaja back. <laughs> see, McCarthy, take some notes right there. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, it... it <laughs> It's kind of weird, though, that he faced off against Jeff Hardy because we've technically already had this match, even though it wasn't on, like, real WWE television. It was on main event last yeah. week on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just replay that from main yeah, event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vince goes, you know what, that wasn't bad. Throw <coughs> it on Raw next week. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought I was watching main event. I was like, wait, did they just switch over to main event? Okay, cool. I mean, that's, that's fine, I guess. 
as long as they don't ruin him, like at this point, I really hope that it isn't just a disappearing act. If it's a disappearing act, I'm pissed. Again, him and Bray Wyatt obviously have a wager. They they clearly do. Yeah. Based on all right, so you're gonna show up, right? Be on there two weeks. I bet I can. I bet I can disappear in one. <laughs> so, I'm all like, I'm a big Jinder Mahal guy. I'm one of the few. One of the few in the prep. I'm all for like he can beat Bobby Lashley, and I'm thrilled. Put put the belt on him. Let's go. Let's go. Jinder Mahal, people. I don't know if I'm that far yet. Let's go. He's got it. He's got it. Right, let's let's make right. it happen. Like I said, NXT India, if he doesn't have that championship, because well, I'm sure they'll make a championship, if he doesn't have it for at least 500 days, well, I'll write a strong word of letter and then not mail it. But Speaking of championships, going back really, really quick, oh. do we think the Million Dollar Championship comes back in NXT? If they're... Put, yes. If they put them together, yes. To. They put them together, yes. Yep. Like, I don't know. He's got to, like, win one big match under DiBiase's tutelage and then be like, you know what? I think you've earned something. All right. United States champion Sheamus defeated Humberto Carrillo via referee stoppage. What do you think of what's going on with Sheamus? Um <coughs> Who said, in a quote, you're not going to get me gold. And I thought it instantly, Mr. Krabs. One, you took the dime from me pants. Two, you took the dime from me pants. Or three, you took the dime from me pants. Anybody remember that when he was looking for his dime? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I thought of. When he, you know, At least he didn't say lucky charms. Yeah, because he, he literally did. He went, you're not going to get your hands on me gold. <laughs> and so I'm like, what? You took the dime from me, Pats. That's how you know Sheamus is having fun when even he can make fun of his own his own culture and still put it into a I like rest. This yes. I do too. Can we not have it be Umberto Carrillo, though? Please. For, why? Because I've already seen this act and shtick a year ago. And it wasn't entertaining then, and it's not entertaining now. But Just because he's got a little bit edgier does not mean that it's entertaining. But he's he, still a stupid baby face that is not entertaining in the slightest. They won't give him a microphone hardly any point because he can't talk. So why why should I feel so pleased that he's on the TV again going off against Sheamus? Because, because yes, he's totally going to take the shit belt from Sheamus. Because Sheamus said be gold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm entertained now. He said me gold. <laughs> They're going to take me gold. Uh, Shelton Benjamin defeated Cedric Alexander. Yeah. defeated Asuka. They just have no chemistry. Rhea Ripley and Oscar have no chemistry. Why? I want to see this match never again. I wondered why we saw it in the first place. Again, the same thing I said with the Bobby and the Drew. Why are we putting matches out there that we're going to see in a week? I never, ever want to see those two wrestle one-on-one again. They have, like I thought, give them a few times and they'll get it together. They're both so talented. They can't do it. I thought Rhea looked good, but like... With Asuka, it just it looked... doesn't work. There's no. something. They don't click. I don't know if it's what it is. It's amazing. Cause Probably because Asuka's kind of short. First of all, you hide us. I'm only 5'5", 5'6". What kind of an excuse is that? I just wanted to get you two riled up. Is that? I'll tell you what. Look, I might be short, but I pack a punch. Uh, 
I'm 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 appalled. I know. I'm um, sorry. So yeah, they just they just don't have any chemistry. Thank God they're sticking Charlotte in this match, as far as match quality goes, because she'll save it because that's what she does. Uh, well, she has the rare ability to have chemistry with like everybody. everyone. Yeah, she she got that from her father because he could he could make broomsticks look good in the eighties. Guys that had no business having good matches, he went out and got good matches from. Uh, Damian Priest defeated Johnny Drip Drip. Uh, you know. He said the weather called for light drizzle. I guess he was reading Jim Ganahl's radar. It uh, there was or no, Ryan Hills. There was yeah. Tell you what, Ryan, if you're wrong about Dover, buddy, get props. Swear the circumstances of his match against the Miz at WrestleMania Backlash. Eh. So what do you say we get the WrestleMania Backlash predictions? I think we've talked plenty about the catheter Sounds show. Sounds good to me, sir. I think we've talked plenty about the catheter show. I've, I've had my weekly Where the is the Fiend rant. Nope, didn't edit that out. I just didn't say it. Uh, and I've had, we edited it out. Maybe. Uh, and I'm proud that Jinder Mahal's back. Other than that, eh. All right, WrestleMania Backlash prediction time, boys. SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode versus the Mysterios. Who you got, Mr. Matt Daddy McCarthy? I got the Mysterios. How about you, Napper? Please, God, the Mysterios, so we can end this. Like, just, they, they need the titles. They were, they've been teasing us with this for, like, Months in a year now. Can we please just do it already? Look, I agree they need the titles, and I think they're going to get the dub, but but I'm fine with... I'm okay with whoever wins this match, actually. I am, too. Like, Dolph Ziggler is the most criminally underrated performer in the history of that company. Yep. Hell, he's a better worker than Kenny Omega. Um, yeah. He's uh, just as good. Is it, though? He's just as good a he worker. He is just as good as Kenny Omega, if not possibly better. We just don't know it because he ain't ever been propped up. Damn sure it cuts a better promo. You ain't kidding. He should come out and go, it should be me. <laughs> and he'd be right. Anywho. Just points to the Impact Championship, it should have been me. Uh, Damian Priest versus The Miz in a Lumberjack match. Uh, Mr. Napper, who you got? I got Priest. Uh, well, we'll get to him in a second. But <laughs> I have Priest as well. Mr. McCarthy. Priest. Go- all right, so the minister goes with the priest. All right, cool. So we got Damian Priest, all three of us. So we all three agreed thus far. God, we're boring. Raw Women's Champion Rhea Ripley versus Oscar versus Charlotte Flair. Of course, triple threat match for the title. Mr. McCarthy, who you got? I'm going to go Ripley. I think she uh, she keeps it. Mr. Napper. I'm going Ripley, too. I don't think Charlotte gets it off her until at least SummerSlam. I'm going to go Charlotte Flair right here, right now, because we've seen this before. Would you be stunned, though? No, I wouldn't. No, no. But please, no. SummerSlam. Yes. Money. Possibly big crowd. Hello? Their first match was without a crowd. Let's have the next one actually be in front of a damn crowd. I think Charlotte's going to get it done. Not with Asuka involved because there's no chemistry there. Please do the smart thing. If Charlotte Flair can't save those two... It should be illegal. It, like, uh, it should be illegal. Uh, 
people should run in 24 on the amendment that they'll make sure Asuka and Rhea Ripley never wrestled again. So, I mean that. If, if, if she doesn't save this, it can't be saved. All right. SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair versus Bailey Napper. Belair. Belair. Carly. Belair. And number five. WWE Champion Bobby Lashley versus McIntyre and Braun Strowman for the championship. McCarthy, who you got? I got Lashley. I have Lashley as well, Mr. Napper. I'm just going to be the weird one and be odd and be different. I'm going to take Strowman. I hope anybody but Bobby Lashley wins this match just because I, I don't want predictability. Yeah, I don't either. That's why I went Strowman. Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus Cesaro in the match that should absolutely steal the show. Do we all agree that Roman Reigns wins it, though? Yes, but yeah. how awesome would that be if he didn't? Like, I like Roman. I love this new heel character, but dear God, it would be the most greatest moment in wrestling history if Cesaro somehow convinced somebody backstage that, hey, I deserve a damn shot. I really hope that one of the two mega cha- major champions, being Lashley and Roman, lose their belt. Because listen to what we just did there, folks. We just went down the card, and we all agree pretty much that about the winners. That's not a good thing. When there's nothing but predictability, when when you can't even really make an argument for other finishes, and damn it, I'm good at that, it, it, it really is a major, major issue. So please, for the love of all that's holy, we need a major upset somewhere on the card Sunday night, or else what a waste of our time. I can think of a good upset that maybe is not as mega as those two, but would be a good upset, but they won't apparently put it on the card and decided to put it on next Friday instead. The Tag Team Women's Championships that Michael Cole thought was going to be on Sunday, but apparently is going to be on Friday because, hey, graphics are a thing, and apparently that producers don't know what the hell they're doing. I was going to say, I'm not going to fault Cole for that. because No, I wasn't. Around. I'm not either. He's been like, around so long. Like, that- come on. You put your best commentator out there, at least to you guys, yeah. on the spot like that. Like, seriously? He deserves, he deserves better than that, damn it. He's been there too long. Even got back in but, the denim for you. But the other thing is, too, like, why isn't that match on this card? Even if it's on the flipping pre-show, why is this match not on the card? Like, I want to see this match. Because Vince doesn't care about it. I know he doesn't, but the rest of us do. So why doesn't he? The rest of us don't matter. Oh, it's an audience true. of one. That's true. All right, let's wrap it up. I want to make a, I want to, I want to say something here to, to these two gentlemen. I want to congratulate both of you on your uh, your graduations this past weekend. I'm sorry that I could not be there and enjoy the moment with both of you. I just want to tell you both, I love you like brothers. I die for you. I mean that. This show does me so much good. Your guys' friendship does me so much good. Uh, it, it keeps me going on the rough mental health days. I mean that. I love you both very, very much. Congrats to both of you. And I can't wait to, to get together in person again real soon. Uh, thank you both for for uh, for sharing the vision with me and doing this for three hours every week. Uh, to say I love you both is a deep, deep understatement. Thank you, boys, so much. You guys work far harder than I ever do. You make me look great every week, and uh, just absolutely love both of you. Thank you both for everything, and I can't wait to do another a hundred episodes to the turnbuckle with both you gentlemen. So, congrats, boys. All right, any final thoughts? We're we'll out of here. McCarthy, you got anything? 
every Thursday, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, take a ride on the Bruise Cruise. The only podcast that brings you pro wrestling for your ears. That's the last thought. He does a shameless plug. And I love you too, buddy. That is pretty Uh, low ball. Like, come on, man. Come on, like, man. Like, you didn't see it coming. We've been doing this show long enough. Like, you just straight up Seth Rollins, him, Like, legit. Just <laughs> took the chair and just smacked it over his back. And he had the look of Dean Ambrose on his face the entire time. Like, what was that? What was that? Come on. But while you're at it on Mondays, you went from 5 to 6 <laughs> Yeah, Check out the Red Flag Podcast. podcast. Yeah, why you're at it. The only NASCAR podcast for your ears. I'm just kidding. There's plenty of those for your ears, <laughs> but no one does it quite like the Red Flag Podcast. I can promise you that. Because hey. two of the people that are on this show do it, and we are nuts. That's true. Uh, and we also, I also, all that goes to Ryan Hill as well. Um, never got a chance to properly address it due to some technical difficulties. But Ryan uh, took a, you know, he made the decision to step away from the show due to, you know, he's pretty busy, and his passion for wrestling just isn't what it used to be. And Who could blame him? We just all three happen to be nutty as squirrel poop, and so we're all we're all nuts about it, even though it's mostly awful these days. Uh, so I want to thank Ryan for his contributions on the, on the show, and there's no ill will. We're all best of buddies. We're all going to get dinner soon. We're still doing the red flag, and, of course, the door's open for him to come back, and he's 